Hey guys, if you guys got the alert on Facebook and everything through the Salamasa group, you know that this is a different episode. It's not going to be wrestling related, but I figured I'd kill some time, wait for some people to come in before we do our talks and everything, just let loose and just, you know, chat it up. Um, I thought I'd play a little bit of stuff uh, from Jim Cornette and everything, just for a little bit of fun, you know? So, uh, enjoy. Uh, I'll, I'll still be here. I'm actually enjoying my first meal of the day. <laughs> so, just enjoy this. I'll be in the background. Um, Checking to see what the guys and whoever else is going to be wanting to come on. Remember, this is going to be a deep uh, episode today, you know, with all the stuff going on in the news. Um, and it's kind of stupid, the fact that it takes celebrities to make us want to talk about some of these things. But there is also kind of a psychology to it that is kind of important. So, But I'm going to play a little Jim Cornette for you guys. <clears throat> and just, um, yeah, just kill some time, let some people come in. So, yeah, enjoy. <laughs> moves Vince made in 83. It's really amazing. The first thing he does is he grabs TV in LA. Goes out there, Jeff Walton takes him to the television station, buys TV. It was the first time anyone ever tried to do that in wrestling. I'll pay for yeah. the TV to get on here. So now he has LA. He goes after San Francisco. So now he's on the West Coast and the East Coast. He makes the offer to Vern. That doesn't work out. He makes the deal with Jim Barnett who gets edged out of the Georgia office. So now the ball is in motion to help get more TV and also to get the stock in the Georgia company, which would get the big TV, the one on TBS, which would give him universal control of cable television if he got USA also because he had WOR. He gets USA, Southwest off USA. Vince pays their debts and basically buys the time spot and stays on it until he leaves in 2000 or whatever with the negotiation of the new television contract. And now, of course, they're back on USA. And then after that, he raids all the AWA top talent. He gets Mean Gene. He gets Hogan. He gets David Schultz. Eventually, he gets everyone. He gets Al Darusha, eventually. He gets yeah. everyone. <laughs> he went deep on that bench, didn't he? Fortifies the relationship with Inoki in New Japan, which guarantees him a lot of money coming in for the next couple of years until he doesn't need that deal anymore, which I guess would have been, what, 1986, right? And then the next year, he makes the deal with Tony. He gets control of Toronto and Ontario. Makes the deal with Stu Hart. Gets control of Western Canada. It's just one move after another. He gets the Georgia stock, gets Georgia TV. Now he controls all wrestling on cable television for a time. It's just, it's, it's an amazing series of moves. And... The only people that were able to fight him off as long as they did because of the fact that, you know, he may have played in Peoria, but he didn't play down south, the Southern Wrestling Promotions. They were the last ones to fall because the the style and the product and the presentation was so different from the WWF in the Carolinas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Georgia, Florida, and Mid-South. That that was the, the, the last play and he, that was the only blowback he got where Crockett ended up with the, the TBS time slot because so many people had complained and the ratings had gone to hell because they wanted their quote unquote Gordon Soley wrestling. That Crockett was able to get that, that slot because Turner's going to kick Vince off if he didn't sell it to somebody. Um, so the Southern promotions were the last, he, he took a, Vern was just too far. To be honest, with cable television, Vern had a bland promotion with a bunch of major names, but it was kind of it was kind of bland as a television product. And then a lot of places that had aged out, like uh, you know the Midwest, Detroit, and the the West Coast. And he yeah. took for all that, but he it, it took him. That was the last. That was the Alamo. That was the last fight to get everything from Texas over to Florida and up to Kentucky. 
who would have had the best relationship with the athletic commission to say, hey, fuck these guys that are coming in. Help me out. Would it have been Watson, Louisiana? Yeah, Watts had the only – see, the state of Louisiana only gave out one booking license to a promoter. So they, in effect, did have a monopoly. <laughs> and that's why Watts – one of Watts's attorneys was on the Louisiana State Athletic Commission. And that's why they always thanked the commission in those Superdome programs and everything. And remember Emil Pepe Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, Louisiana was such a state. That's why all those different Louisiana towns had a separate local promoter, Jimmy Kilshaw in Baton Rouge. And, oh, God, what was the guy's name in Homa? But anyway, uh, the point is they were all politically connected in their individual parish, which they have instead of counties down there. And the Louisiana State Athletic Commission would only let one promotion for the good of the business, only let one promotion operate wrestling at a time in the state of Louisiana. Uh, but, uh, you know, that was, that was a help, but, uh, in the, in the Tennessee State Athletic Commission, on the other end of the spectrum, Jerry Jarrett and the wrestling promoters were one of the ones that got the Tennessee Athletic Commission abolished. Because they, they tried to overregulate at a time when it wasn't really necessary, except, you know, because there weren't that many outlaw promotions. And that's the only thing that the wrestling promoters used to want a commission for is to help keep outlaws out. But they were taking so much tax money, so it kind of backfired later on. They maybe could have kept Vince out a little while longer, but some of them had been abolished. But but in Kentucky, they, they had a commission. They let him in. And in Virginia, they had a commission. They let him in. Rick Flair cussed a fucking Virginia commissioner out in Richmond one night for his – he said, all that we've done for all these years uh, the state of Virginia Athletic Commission, and you're letting these fucking people come in here and run the fucking Coliseum on top of us. And the guy, was, he was a big, huge, fat guy, about 6'6 six, six and 350. And I don't know what his background was, but he took a browbeating from the nature boy for that. He just took it? Well, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking Ric Flair. What the fuck? Now, they, they, I, I actually <clears throat> got a letter one time disciplining me for talking disrespectfully to, for, to a commissioner for saying pretty much the same thing the next time that Vince came fucking. <laughs> what commissioner? <laughs> uh, Virginia to Richmond for the same fucking guy. You know, I just <laughs> reminded him what fucking Flair fucking blistered him about, and I got a letter for it, but, you know. But anyway, yeah, so in, in, in summation, you know, the, the commissions in some places helped a little bit, but, uh, but more, uh, more importantly, and, and once again, Hornbaker's new book illustrates this. That was the only place that Vince couldn't really go in and draw a crowd. And, and actually Louisville was a traitorous, Louisville and Nashville were traitorous cities. They started drawing pretty big for WWF in the eighties fairly quickly. Uh, but Memphis never did. And, you know, uh, the Carolinas didn't and, and they, you know, they just didn't buy it in Florida was good. Obviously they got a foothold there pretty quick. Uh, but even Georgia and, and especially the mid south area, they didn't do well. The WWF, the first few years where they were trying to come in because people didn't like that style of wrestling. I'm just making some posts, guys. I just made a post on the Salamonster group. Uh, if anybody wants to share into some some of your own groups, get some more viewers. Uh, I'm not trying to shoot to the moon or anything. Over the crazy. last, uh, there we go. Um, think anything crazy, but you never know. So, shows like this could be helpful, you know, for some people. So I'm gonna play one other thing, and then I'll get to talking. Okay, this is four minutes long. 
And I don't know. I'm just a little curious. Uh, it's Jim Cornette talking about, if you guys remember from WCW Above Average, Mike Sanders. I haven't listened to this one. And I was a fan of the Natural Born Thrillers, if you guys remember. You know, it was uh, Reno, Mark Jindrak, Sean O'Hare, rest in peace. Um, uh, uh, oh, my God. Chuck Palumbo, St- uh, uh, Sean Stasiak. Wow, that threw me off. Uh, and Above Average, Mike Sanders. So. Let's just listen to this, and we'll be good to go, okay? It's just four minutes more, and then I'll get to talking, okay? And if anybody feels like calling in at some point, uh, I'd love to have somebody as a co-host talking about this at some point, and then have other people call in and just open up, you know? So. On a recent podcast, Mike Sanders was telling Voldemort about his time writing for WWE Developmental... (laughs) And how you taught him that you must have the writing to have the program uh, f- uh, fill the entire team TV time slot and have a plan B if the plan show ends before the scheduled two hours. He gave you much credit. Any stories or opinions or perhaps uh, on perhaps one of the most underrated talents in ever in above average Mike Sanders. Also, any insight into the story that Heyman saw to it that Mike was terminated from the WWE due to his close friendship with big sexy Kevin Nash. Thanks, Jim. Five Guys is better than Wendy's, Slick Venom. <laughs> and I agree with you, Five Guys is better than Wendy's. Um, and I have no knowledge firsthand about Heyman getting him fired because of it. I, I don't know because I wasn't up amongst those annoying fucks at that point in time. Uh, I can tell you, Mike Sanders uh, worked with him some here in OVW because he was stationed in HWA, Heartland Wrestling Association, in Cincinnati for Les Thatcher when they had a developmental program. But they would come down and tape their television at the the old Davis Arena, the OVW facilities that we had, and I got to work with him there. And I liked Mike. He was very glib. He was a good promo. Uh, he wasn't. He was one of those guys that was a good worker, but not a great athlete. If that uh, makes sense to the to the folks out there, and that he wasn't. His primary thing wasn't doing hurricane runners and and you know giant flips, but he could fucking work and he could promo, and he was a good personality. Um, as far as my advice to him on television, <laughs> it was simply this, especially at the level that we were doing it where there was no post-production. Uh, it harkened back to the days of the 80s where you were rolling tape and you rolled your, your black segments for commercials to be dropped in. And otherwise, you needed to end up at 59 minutes for a one-hour show. And if your main event ended early, because that's that's the one thing that we used to teach the OVW guys first and foremost how to end not only – see, a lot of times now, if, if guys end early, they say, okay, well, we got in in our time and we didn't go over. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You went under. That's fucking just sucks just as bad. No, you got to end on fucking time. And with the OVW guys, because we drilled it in their head and we kept contact with the referee and I wrote out – uh, their finishes that they should do and don't add shit and don't fucking go into business for yourself on the finish. Do it in the course of the match. They would end on time. We would roll tape and we would end between 15 and 45 seconds off at the end of our program. And that's the way you tell a true professional is can you not only end on time, but can you not end under time? But sometimes these things happen. Sometimes somebody gets hurt or sometimes it's just there and you need to. And it helps the match, the main event or whatever. So you go home, and in that case, then there has to be some type of plan B where you can tell two guys you trust, 
go out and have an argument or tell one guy you trust. Go out and cut a promo on how great you are or tell a few guys you can trust. Go out and have a fucking fight and ad-lib this shit without having to tell them uh, what they're supposed to be fucking doing. And that's one of the things that Mike picked up, and especially with the HWA guys who were a little green at that point and who would end all over the page. If you've got another three minutes of TV time to fill, what are you going to fucking do? It's going to be a dry-ass interview, or you have a couple of guys go out and get it on and and fill that fucking time, and the viewers are none the wiser. And I believe that's what he's referring to. All right. So, um, how's everybody doing today? Um, check to see. Put in some messages. Let me know how you guys are doing. It's a weekend. You know, it's June, so we're definitely starting up the summer now. College, high school, depending on the state. I know back up in New York where I grew up, um, school is still in session, high school at least, until uh, the end of the month down here in Florida. Um, it ended uh, at the end of May, so. Now, if anybody's like, well, what, does that mess up the schedule? No, it just means that they start later. So, like, uh, in New York, school wouldn't start until September, whereas down here it starts in the end of August. Let's see. But tied after Dominion. I could believe that, Birch, so. But all right. So I made most of the posts already. I might make a post on my separate Facebook page. But if you guys can, share the post I made in the Nothing Form, Solo Monster Group, uh, WNC Nation Group page, WNC's actual Facebook page, all that. So I wanted to get a little bit into talking. I, You know, it's been a bit of a week you know, if you guys watch the news. Um, I know some people don't follow, but some of the things, but I know like, you know, Anthony Bourdain, so uh, people are following that. So so here's what's happened here in the U.S. Um, we've had a couple of incidents going on. You know how Kevin Castle always said, you know, the rule of three, when one person dies and a second person dies, expect a third one to come immediately? That's always been a wives' tale or a superstition that's gone around for a long time, but I hadn't heard it for a long-ass time or something. Like, I've heard it in the past, but never really took it as me and, like, some people taking it seriously until I heard, like, Kevin Castle, you know. And, and now, I'm not trying to make it sound like I believe, like, it's good as gold, but it was because when I started listening more and more and we had more debts and they always pointed out, it was like, it was eerie. You know what I mean? It was it was eerie that they always happened in packs of three. You know, like, um... Like like the Grim Reapers out there kill too. You get one free, devil. Oh, here you go, perfect. You know, so that's um that that that's uh, so it was that. But anyway, this last week we've had two celebrity deaths and a third one. I hate to say is literally on the way. Um, you know, first up was Kate Spade. If you guys know the actor David Spade. It's his sister-in-law. She's a famous designer. She's kind of like a Gianni Versace when it comes to, like, women's apparel and stuff, you know, especially known for bags and stuff. I think she did some clothes. Um, I don't know her entire thing, but I know, like, that's one of the big things. She's a she's a, a designer for that kind of stuff. Really well-known, you know. And uh, she killed herself, 
uh, let's just be blunt about it. She killed herself. And it did ripple the news and everything. Because I, and somebody's gonna say, well, she's not an actor or an actress, so how's it that big? Because even brand name people for certain products, it gets big. I remember when the person of, um, oh, you know what? Uh, now I feel like an idiot. What's the name of those, uh, those chocolate balls? The ones that are from Italy or Switzerland. They're like chocolate balls with, with crushed up cashews on the outside. Um, not Ghirardelli, uh, not that one. Um, you know, they're always in like packs of three. I remember when he passed away uh, from like a skiing accident or something like that. It, it, it was a bit of a big news thing. Um, you know, you got Gianni Versace when he, when he was murdered. That was a big thing in the news. Oh, that looks pretty good. Um, so sometimes these people, when they get big names, I mean, like like Donald Trump. You know, let's talk about had he never been president. His death when that happens is going to be a, would be a big thing regardless be a big thing in New York City. Hell, I wouldn't even be surprised if something like the stock exchange would have shut down for a day or something, which they only do at the death of a president or one other time, I believe. Well, 9-11, stuff like that, of course. But in terms of a person, uh, the death of J.P. Morgan uh, was the only other time. So these these things, these people, that they can get, they can be big and basically they are like celebrities. And we build a cult classic around these guys. You know what I mean? We tend to do that. And... Um, that could be very powerful and very dangerous, you know? I had that scene up from uh, Shawshank Redemption, you know, when uh, Andy gets out of the hole and they talk about hope and everything and how hope is a dangerous thing. That's the thing. Hope is one of the most dangerous things. It's also one of the most powerful things. It's what keep people keep using to stay alive or to keep pushing forward, you know? I hope to complete this class. I hope to get this job. I hope that things will turn around for me. And I guarantee every single person that's li listening in here... Um, you felt the same way. The big one in this country died last year. Who was that, Luke? Uh, let me know about that because I can guarantee... I, I, I'm i not immediately remembering, but I'm betting once you say it, I'll remember. You know what I mean? Let me. You know what? I want to find that, that's, that scene. I want to find that one scene. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah, I'm going to play it for you guys, okay? It's only two minutes long, but it's powerful. They broke the door down before I could take requests. Was it worth it? <laughs> Two weeks in the hall? Easiest time I ever did. Oh, shit. No such thing as easy time in the hall. That's right. A week in the hall is like a year. Damn straight. I had Mr. Mozart to keep me company. <laughs> so they let you tote that record player down there, huh? He's in here. In here. That's the beauty of music. They can't get that from you. Haven't you ever felt that way about music? Well, I played a mean harmonica as a younger man. Lost interest in it, though. Didn't make much sense in here. Here's where it makes the most sense. You need it so you don't forget. Forget? Forget that there are places in the world that aren't made out of stone. That there's a there's something inside that they can't get to, that they, they can't touch. It's yours. What are you talking about? Hope. Hope. Let me tell you something, my friend. 
a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. You better get used to that idea. Like Brooks did. Now, if you guys don't, I never saw the episode, Bruce, uh, not Bruce, oh my god, Brooks, wow. Um, yeah, I saw that, I saw your message, Luke, that's why I said Bruce. Um, oh man, yeah. Um, Brooks Hatlin was an older guy, been in prison since, the, the movie takes place in the 19, 1947 and 1966. And at this point, it's like in the 1950s, and Brooks had been in prison since 1905. And he couldn't handle the civilian life when he got free, so he killed himself. And that's like that's how what like what happened with hope and everything is that you know he gave up on hope and he just you know he killed himself. And it's it it, it that is the big thing is that hope is a dangerous thing, but it's also one of the most powerful things. To so some of us out here, we've used that hope to continue on. Excuse me for a second. Hmm. Sorry. I need to get another bite. I'm sorry. Um, I'll hold off for the time being, at least until somebody else comes on. But, you know, these are, um, these are tough times for some people that they get to the point that they... Neat. You know, I, and by the way, I pulled up Luke Butch uh, for him, Bruce Forsyth, you know, big name guy. He died of bronchial pneumonia, so at least he didn't kill himself. Um, but it probably was in pain. I'm hoping the doctors gave him enough medicine that he didn't feel pain anymore. But, you know, he was knighted, you know, commander of the British Empire. Um, which, by the way, everybody, once you get at least a KBE, you're ba that's when you're knighted. So, like, you'll hear people get the order of the British Empire and not be knighted because you got to get at least the knight because that's how you're knighted or the damehood, so... Demetrius Shaw, he was lost. He didn't lose hope, in my opinion. Are you talking about uh, Brooks Hadlin? Uh Give me a comment on that, because I'd like to hear. And not not as a dispute, I, I literally want to hear different sides. Um, I mean, unless you were talking about Bruce Forsyth. But, um, you know, there's been other people that they, you know, people want to find out what it is with uh, Anthony Bourdain, why. we. Uh, that's the biggest thing. That's the most powerful question we always ask. Why? Why? Because that's the biggest thing. You know, I was, I remember guys, I had a career in law enforcement with the military police and then some stuff after for a few years. Um, and the most important questions that a detective, an investigator, a special agent, a regular cop have to ask is the who, the what, and the why. The where and when, usually you can get out from eyewitness testimony, coroner, other people like that, you know, depending on the case. But the who, the what, and the why. What killed them? Because sometimes it's not obvious, as we know. Who killed them? And who is the victim? And why? And why is the biggest one? Because we need to understand. Because that's the biggest thing, whether it's in a court case or just for our own psyche. Why do people do this? Why do people kill themselves? You know, look at Robin Williams a couple of years ago. I, I remember I was at my mom's house that day. You know, she was a big fan of Robin Williams. So was I. Um, and it's like, you know, I was at the house and then I'm just sitting in the living room. She's in the kitchen. And um, I, I just screamed, holy shit. And she goes, what? I go, Robin Williams died frantically. 
she ran into the living room to see the TV, and she was upset. Not as upset as Jerry Lewis earlier this year. That was hard to break to her. Like, Jerry Lewis was like... Her two biggest people were Jerry Lewis and Elvis. Um, but, you know, Robin Williams killed himself, and we found... You know, we knew he had depression, drug use, stuff like that. Anthony Bourdain, we know, had an alcohol problem, addiction. I think he used to do drugs, but he got off of it, uh, supposedly... And I'm only saying it like that just because we don't know maybe he got back on and that's what helped lead to this. You know, that's what I'm only saying. But, um, let me put that away. You know, Luke, uh, uh, this topic hits close to home. I've been battling depression for five years. Luke, I want you to know, honestly, you're not alone on that because I deal with it. You know, I've opened up on this show one or two times before about this and I deal with it myself. I, I deal with depression all the damn time. Sometimes because of the shit some of you guys say. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm kidding on that. Please don't. No, no. I, I lo- I'm a pessimist. I'm in, but I do it with a smile. I'm an optimistic pessimist is what I like to say. I will knock the fuck out of myself while doing it with a smile and with great uh, compassion. <laughs> you know, so I'll be the guy that if you put in the room and everything like with this hot female celebrity and she's like a. Uh, so, which one of you do you think I'm going to be getting with? I'll be the first one going, not me, I'm out, not wasting time. And then could have found out, no, actually, you were the sweetest one, I could have gotten with you. Fuck! That'd be me. <laughs> but, no, I'm uh, trying to lighten the mood a little bit, but, because I don't want to keep this as a gloomy thing, I want us to talk about it, open up, you know, and I made a post about this la- late last night when I was hoping to do it last night, but I had said something that I thought, you know, was big, Um you know, we all know the phrase keeping it real. You know, remember from Dave Chappelle when keeping it real goes wrong. If you think about it, that's kind of what we do. You know, if you're depressed or if you're upset, a lot of us, we try to hide the emotions. You know, I'm one that if I'm upset or if I'm down, I try to hide it because I don't want to let other people down. I don't want to let other people depressed. I don't want them to feel sad and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, I don't like taking people down with me. I despise that. Unless you're my enemy. Vig. <laughs> Uh, but, um, no, um, I still wouldn't even do that. Maybe. No, 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 I wouldn't. But I don't like taking, now there's sometimes that it's so hard to hold it that people are able to figure out and they're like, dude, what's up? And I'll tell them something smaller. You know, it's like, you know, the phrase, you know, make a mountain out of a molehill. I will give them the molehill hoping that they don't figure out that I'm still hiding the big fucking mountain going on. You know what I mean? I was talking about Brooks in the movie Shawshank. Okay. Thanks, Demetrius. Um, so, okay, so, I still think of the whole, maybe gave up on hope and everything because he couldn't prevail, but, you know what, that's the good, I mean, we gotta figure out how, what they meant for the character, but this also pays into real life because everybody's a little different. So, in any case, um, take a swig. I'm not drinking right now, but I'm just, I'm just having like Hawaiian punch, I'm, uh, I want this to be completely serious. Even while we're goofing up and having fun, I'm, I'm going to take this serious. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm not having anything to drink, drink, you know. Uh, Renegade stars when you can only mask it so much, Johnny. This is very true. But some people, they hold it back. I mean, think about it. Robin Williams, some of his family outright said they did not suspect that he was going to kill himself. I mean, they knew the news of what happened for him, but they didn't know what was uh, going on with him. You know what I mean? So... They didn't, they didn't know that he was so depressed that he finally decided to just do it. And that's the thing that happens in the, in, for regular people. And that's a question right there. 
people ask the question, uh, you know, people wonder, why is it we take it so seriously with celebrities? You know, I've heard this because being in the military, I've heard this. Why is it that when Whitney Houston died, I'm just saying the question, guys, so if you guys are Whitney Houston fans, don't attack me, okay? I'm just stating. Why is it that when Whitney Houston dies, the governor of New Jersey orders for all the flags to be lowered at half staff in honor of her because she was a New Jersey native? That, that, that is completely true, by the way, guys. Why is it that we lowered the flags at half staff for her? But when a soldier from New Jersey is killed in combat, we don't always lower it. And, and I, I completely see that argument. But at the same time, you guys know I play devil's advocate a lot. So I used to think about it. I used to wonder. I, I, man, I would love to make like an independent documentary about this. I've thought about it so many times. Like I'd love to interview Robin Williams. Uh, he had a daughter, right? I'd love to interview her. Um, I'd love to interview, um, Meadow, uh, Walker, you know, Paul Walker's daughter. I want to interview guys like, uh, Morgan Freeman, which right now it's a bit of heat going on, so maybe not the best, but, you know, um, Morgan Freeman and Dale Dye, you know, if you guys watched the band of brothers, he played, uh, Colonel Sink, uh, and he played the Admiral or a Captain, whichever, in, um, in, uh, Under Siege and a bunch of other movies. You know, <clears throat> I'd like to interview these guys from both military side and celebrity side and then family side. Why is it that we do this? Just to get the interpretations. Colin Powell I'd like to get, you know, and so on and so forth. And um, there is actually something crazy when it comes to the fact of a celebrity death. See, here's something that I think about when it comes to the celebrity deaths. Um, there is actually so much more power in a celebrity than we think because we use them as a beacon of light. We use them as a um, – we use them as a symbol. <clears throat> we use them as like the idea that maybe we can follow sometimes or because we're a big fan. Or, we use them as an ambassador to our psyche in some ways. You know, think about – who remembers the OJ case? You know, I know Bobby Anthem's in here and, he, and I'm only picking you, Bobby, because I know you're one of the older guys. But He's not 60, guys. Bear with me, okay? But – He's a, you're in your what, late 30s, Bob's? Um, early 40s? So if you remember the OJ case, you know, there was some things that were said was people, a lot of, you know, black people from LA had a problem believing OJ did what he did. And one of the things that was said was because, you know, and what was it? Chris Darden said that, like, he said it was hard for people, for some of them from LA and all that because he was a local boy. He was a young guy from the streets, grew up, graduated from Galileo High, rose to greatness, become one of the most famous movies, uh, one of the most famous sports, uh, athletes in history. You know, getting the movies and everything, doing movies like the Naked Gun movies, you know, doing the Hertz, uh, commercials as their, as their symbol, stuff like that. It was seen as like, it was hard. Not yet, Bobby Anthem. Oh, fuck! Ooh, my bad, dude. Dude, you got such a deep voice, I thought you were older. That's a compliment! I, you, deeper voice and so much more wisdom. I thought you were much older than me for that. So, please don't shoot me. Um, but, you know, it was like, it's hard to believe because this guy was like a glimmer because the, for the people of LA and especially the Galileo High area, it was this guy's growing, grew up from nothing and became big. And it was like the idea, like, this could happen for any of us if we try, if we push hard, stuff like that, you know? Um, Robin Williams, guy comes out amidst to drug usage, depression, all that, and it gives hope for the fact that the guy kept going, was one of the most famous comedians, most loved, you never heard a bad thing about Robin Williams, and it made for people that, um, that was, um, you know, that had depression and other stuff or drug usage that, hey, celebrities have these problems too, not because they use it because for fun, I mean, we know they do use it for fun, but 
cases like Robin Williams, he did it because of depression, so he was self-medicating. It makes me feel like I have the chance to rebuild myself, you know. Robin Williams suffers from it, so I'm not, not only not alone, but it happens to celebrities, big ones. We treat them like kings and queens, you know. What was it, um... There was a, a bit from last week tonight with John Oliver where they did the joke. Oh, for fuck's sake, he's not that young? Asshole. Anyway. Um, but in any case, bitch. Um, you know, John Oliver had said when he was talking about, like, you know, there was a bit about cicadas, you know, how the fact, you know, finally grown. It's it, weird. It, it, check it out. It's a good bit. Um, and he talks about, like, what happened because, you know, um, you know, what happened with, uh, in the time the cicadas were underground and finally coming up and then getting out of their shells and then, you know, becoming flying bugs and shit. In any case, the thing, one of the things he talked about was like things that have happened in the last like 17 years. And one of the things he did was he pulled up like Beyonce and said, and by the way, this woman is basically our queen now. You bow, you bow down. You know, we, and now it's, it's a joke, but it's also like we do build some of them to like that. Rihanna, Beyonce, we treat them like queens. You know, Johnny Depp's seen as like a king in some ways. All these other big names, Morgan Freeman is probably one of the biggest ones as well. And that's why it hurts so much the idea of whether or not he actually was sexually harassing these girls that the claims are being made right now, you know. And this is, this is, we build that such a pillar for our celebrities that it easily can be seen like that, you know? And that's why we get so much into it. Certain celebrities, they become such a pillar for us that when bad things are happening, we use them as hope. Uh, example, Bob Hope. Bob Hope was one of the biggest examples of a celebrity that was big for the military, always doing the USO. This guy, there's a reason they call it the Bob Hope Award now, you know? And Louis Black talked about the fact he thought it was crazy that he became the host and everything and the fact that... uh he went that the fact that the USO, the symbol of like Hollywood and celebrities taking care of their troops, went from Bob Hope to him. And he's a big ass pessimist if you guys don't listen to him. You know what I mean? Um and <sighs> catch a breather. When Bob Hope passed away or when others, it was seen as such a bad thing because we use them as a symbol a symbol of hope. During World War II, Hollywood was told to please keep making movies because it kept the, the country at bay. It made it feel like the country is still going on normal. Yes, there's a big-ass war, but it's not the end of the world because they wanted the – how often do we watch like apoc- apocalyptical uh, movies or TV shows? Keep calm. Remain calm. We do that kind of stuff, you know? And for Hollywood, they were told to keep making movies to help keep people at bay. Yeah, they were always showing the bulletins of like some of the news going on. They would People would go to the movies for news. So they go watch the news and then they watch the movie of what's going on in the war, some of the locals who were killed, which would suck if – you were a family member or a close friend of someone, and you, that's how you found out. You had to find out your your brother died from a Charlie Chaplin movie, you know? But they had to maintain hope. Guarantee Hollywood was doing the same thing during uh, after, after 9-11 because they needed to keep things going to show. You know, George Bush said, you know, just go out and sh- go shopping. And people knocked him for that. And I'm one who knocked him, but I kind of understood. It's like we need to – we need to um, – Maintain that normalcy, you know what I mean? Go shopping, watch the movies, hit the park. Because it's like if we change our routine, the terrorists would win. And that is kind of true if we live in fear. Look at the Israelis. Everybody's armed uh, in many cases. Everybody lives a normal life. They, they got a lot of shit going on, but they do that. They are the masters of that. And that's and it's because of that fact that, you know, they maintain that mindset. And 
we do that in many ways, but also when we lose somebody, it's a big thing. In the military now, we lost a general in Vietnam, and um, he was shot down. I think it was an Air Force one-star general. And um, because of that happened, it was such a major morale thing. Like, if a general is killed, it's bad, you know? Um, so what they did was they instituted a policy. To this day, once you get promoted to one-star general or one-star admiral, rear admiral, lower half, as the Navy and Coast Guard has it, you cannot be a primary pilot anymore. You can do training hours and stuff like that to keep your your hours up for your certification qualifications, but you can't be the primary primary pilot anymore because they because if you get shot down, it's a big problem. You know, no longer is it the days of General James Doolittle going and going into the Japanese and bombing the shit out of people. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Doolittle's Raiders, if you guys know. But we do this with celebrities, and. When we lose them, we we lose hope in some ways. We think there are some people out there that were big fans of Anthony Bourdain that they may already be depressed and they just watched his show to keep going. And now that he's gone, they may think to themselves they'll do something. I mean, people have wondered the same thing about Chris Benoit. I, I know it's a little taboo, but and I'm not trying to stick up for the guy. I'm just saying people have said this, and I do think it's at least valid to mention People wonder if Benoit's mind clicked even more after Eddie's death and it was just like a ticking time bomb. I'm not saying that was the case, but I do think that is a bit of a valid argument. You know, you've had guys like Kevin Nash who said that the only way to understand Benoit, the only person who could probably understand Benoit's mind was Eddie and he's gone. You know, uh, Renegade Swordsman, you know, low key, whatever the, the Cabbage Patch Kid, whatever you want to call yourself, dude. Bob's. Uh, what about Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park? Dude, I was a big fan of Lincoln Park. Loved Lincoln Park. And I do the old school stuff. I'm talking Meteora. I'm talking In the End, Paper Cut, you know, Numb. These are great songs. Last CD I ever bought in my life because everything's been on the iPad, iPod, and uh, other shit, you know, my phone. Last CD I ever bought in my life was uh, Linkin Park's Minute to Midnight. You know, they had the song What I've Done, My December. Every time I travel now, every time I'm going home, I always put in my headphones and I listen I'd, and I'd listen to Linkin Park's My December. I did it when I was leaving Iraq for the first time in 2009 when I was heading home finally when I was done. I did that one time and I basically made it a tradition. Every time I go home now, when I'm on the plane or if I'm on a bus that's taking the trip back to the airport, I always listen to that song. So it was a hit when Chester Bennington, you know. Um, and if anybody's wondering why My December, it's calm, it's peaceful, you know, because I got a bit of a fear of flying, everybody. I used to fly all the time, still have a fear. My biggest thing is not when we're in the air. It's the takeoffs and landing that freak me out, to be honest. Once we're in the guy, in the air, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are now at a steady 35,000 feet. If you want, you can remove your seatbelts and move your seats back. Uh, if, it is recommended that if you are sitting down, please put, put your seatbelt back on and do not, uh, cluster up the, uh, aisleways if you go into the bathroom. Thank you. You know, I, I, I me, it's like, once they get to that point, I'm good. Cause that's basically the pilot saying, we're good. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, so I listen to that song. But in, in any case, and that helps me out. And and I'm trying to calm myself down when I'm listening to that song. And it just, because like I mentioned, you know, I got the depression myself. I deal with it all the time. You know, haha, Johnny the pilot. You don't want me as a pilot, dude. I'll be that asshole every so often. Pop on out with a bottle of booze. I hate my fucking life! Doosh! Close the door. It's like, oh, sweet Jesus. That's a Dan Cook joke, by the way, everybody. Um, no, but, I mean, 
We use celebrities as a glimmer of hope for normalcy in this country or normalcy for ourselves. And there's so many different walks of life. Whether it's somebody who comes on the mean streets of um, uh, of Detroit like Eminem or from the outside streets like Kid Rock. You know, I want to pick a rapper and a rock star, you know, like that. Or using somebody like somebody who dealt with so much hate and racism like Johnny Cochran. I know it's a weird example, but for some people, Johnny Cochran's a big deal. And I, I do look at him as a bit of a big deal. He, 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 he. He was over the top, but I, th- I think he truly was, you know, like that. But it's certain people, when they die, this is what happens. Look at Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill, to this day, has the record, if you want to call it, for the biggest funeral of heads of state to come over. And, you know, it um, it, over a 100 nations leaders came to his funeral. It was seen as a big deal because he kept the hope alive for... Um, for the people of the UK and in essence the United States and Europe you know France was conquered the low countries was conquered Um, you know Poland was conquered the Czechs were conquered and the Polish set up a government in exile in the UK the Czechs had a thing going in the UK we needed the UK as a staging ground for when we did Operation Overlord and going into Normandy you know they invaded in southern France over at Saint Nazaire you know um Churchill kept the people going. He was always out there after the bombing raids, meeting the people, seeing what was going on. He needed to be seen. He kept hope alive. Now, someone's going to say, well, he was the leader of a country, a major country. Like, he's supposed to do that. Right. But in some cases, celebrities feel that way. Not in an ego way, but how often do we hear celebrities say, I'm like a role model. I got to set a good example to the people. It's, it, 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 it is seen as like that in some ways. People look at that. Let's look at an example of the, you know, the, the 2016 election. I'm not getting into the Trump-Hillary stuff. Okay, please just bear with me. You know, Katy Perry and Miley Cyrus went to colleges in California trying to get kids <clears throat> to get out and vote. And they were talking on behalf of Hillary and stuff like that. And saying, like, are you going to vote for Hillary? And they're like, yes, oh my God, yes. It was treated as a thing. Like one person even said that if you make a promise to a celebrity that you love, you feel more obligated to do that because if you don't, you're going to break the promise to that person. You know what I mean? Uh, especially if you've seen him as an idol. And that is – and I'm not – again, I mean, look, I would have said the same thing if there was celebrities coming out like that for Trump. I can't think of anybody that went to colleges or or, or, or high school for Trump. I mean, if anybody's got an example, please let me know. I will correct myself. But that is a big thing. We build so much to these celebrities. And when they fall, we feel like we've fallen. You know, when Jerry Lewis died, my mom was broken down, lost. She watched his telethon every year, every year, guys. You know, uh, what she did was, well, she did, once once he left, the first one that he was gone because of the whole dispute, she actually called up and said, I'm making a donation in honor of Jerry Lewis, but this is the last time. And then that was it. You know, and he was still alive. He just left because of the dispute with the MDA. And he ca- and, and so she showed her loyalty to him. You know, she showed her loyalty I'll give you an example about myself, and this is going to seem like a dumb thing. You know, I know you guys know I'm a Trumpican and everything like that. I, I support Trump. Uh, but I got friends on all sides of politics. But here's an example to show on the liberal side of my past. I'm a big fan of Jon Stewart. I was big. I was loyal to Jon Stewart. I watched him every day, Monday through Thursday. Loved him. He was awesome. Still is awesome. He's alive. You know, and when the Colbert Report was made with Stephen Colbert, I watched that. And daily, the last week tonight with John Oliver, you know, when, um, what do you call it when uh, they made the nightly show when Stephen Colbert replaced uh, David Letterman? Right? Um, they um, they uh, made the nightly show with L- Larry Wilmore, and I watched that for a while. Um, 
I tried watching the first week of the or two of the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and I just couldn't get it. I got so much. I got I got so much into um, into John Stewart that watching Trevor just felt off, you know. And I couldn't. And I've watched. And I've watched. I tried getting into him. I watched some of his stand-up comedy when he did in the U.S. over and over in Africa because he's from South Africa, and he's really funny. He really is, you know. But it's like my loyalty was so much to John Stewart. I can't listen to Trevor Noah. First off, I think he's kind of bland. What he's done with the Daily Show, to be honest. But I tried. But my loyalty was so much to John Stewart. It's like I, I can't watch it. It's not the same anymore. Um, you know, Luke Birch is saying he can't stand John Oliver. Funny, John Oliver's from the UK. <laughs> yeah, but um. Uh, here's a quick joke you'll probably like, Luke. Uh, he talked about, um, you know, the uh, 4th of July. He goes, the 4th of July, or as we call it back back in the UK, the day of colonial aggression. <laughs> uh, so, and I can't watch Stephen Colbert. First off, I don't even know what channel CBS is on. I literally do not know. I've never known what channel CBS is on. But I don't watch Stephen Colbert anymore. But I had that loyalty. But I can't watch that stuff anymore. I got such a support for John Stewart. You know, so I couldn't watch. And here's the other thing. Stephen Colbert has his own ice cream. You know, Ben and Jerry's America, Stephen Colbert's American dream. It's the only Ben and Jerry's to this day I will eat. I know it sounds so stupid, right? So stupid. The idea like uh, you're basing your loyalty off of ice cream. It's first off, it's good. But secondly, it's it's like if John Stewart had his own ice cream, I would. But he doesn't, so Stephen Colbert is the closest. I know it sounds like a weird thing, but we all have that thing somewhere. I mean, Joey Numbers talked about it. He saw a Patrice O'Neill um, print, and he had to get his hands on it, and they contacted him. Hey, if you want it, it's for sale, you know? And they did. Um, we base so much off of that. Now, let's get away from the celebrity part, okay? Let's go on to the personal part, because I think that was a good amount of time spending on that, because we do need to understand the psychology of why something like that. Because there are people out there who are depressed, and... Now, I do still – I have a bit of a rugged, old-school mindset of, you know, quit being a wussy. You know, as Christopher Tice said, his dad would always say, I guarantee Papa Dave, who's listening, and Bobby Anthem, they can tell you their parents were always saying, you know, like, quit being a wussy. You know, quit being a bitch. You know, something like that. I don't know. I could hear I, – I bet Papa Dave heard that once or twice. Not that he is, but old-school mindset. You know what I mean? Um we we people tend to have that tougher mindset that we're supposed to be able to get over stuff and it's true you know we back in the day like 12 13 year olds during the civil war like what was it like 11 years old they're signing up and being a drummer for a regiment in combat when they turned 13 or 14 or 15 or whatever they were finally joining the union and the confederate armies even before the even before the civil war you know and um you, you know it's we had that old thing. Now you got kids that are complaining about these little things here or there. Need this safety space is my safe place. The, the pressures of, of of exams and stuff like that. And we've watered down this country in many ways. But at the same time, it's because we also need to get down to the root thing about this. We need to figure out what's the root mindset for why people are having their depressions about this. Why they need to understand that they can make this hurdle easily. Stuff like that. Because if you make them, if you make a building. People now, they get the, the depression from looking at something and they think it's a 12-story building, but it's actually a one-story building. And it's not that hard to climb the staircase because it's a one-story because there is no staircase unless it's one of the ones to the attic or maybe you got a ladder on the side going to the roof, whatever. Um, but people think like that. They need to be explained that that's just a one-story building, guys. It's not that bad. You know, you can find it. And... Um, uh, uh, and dude, I know Bobby Anthem's a kind soul. I'm talking about the fact maybe he heard it growing up from his parents. 
You know, because I know I heard it. I heard it from my parents. I can guarantee you that. Well, from, from my dad. My mom, she was kind of the shelter type, to be honest. Um, so, it's going to be a little tough uh, doing this on my own the whole time, to be honest. Um, I'll tell you what, you guys are making me feel better. I woke up this morning, heads pounding, fever, flu, uh, cold, you know, stuff like that. And it just, um, it's hitting me. It was hitting me bad. So, but I, you know, it's my birthday weekend, so I went and got a bite to eat. I also could do the show here. Um, I stopped off at the gas station. I bought some five-hour energies. Uh, quick side note for you guys. If you guys ever have the flu or something, take a five-hour energy. Uh, not after you've had like a coffee or Cuban coffee, God forbid. You'll kill yourself. Um, but take it because there's so many vitamins and nutrients and stuff like that that my dad's a trucker. And he said that whenever he gets a flu or a fever, he just takes one. And within an hour or two, he just feels better because it's so many vitamins Vitamins at once it's killing the fever or the flu, you know, um, in some ways. Um, but I went to the gas, little wrestling thing. I went to the gas station over there. I bought the five hour energy and stuff like that. And, uh, wh- what is it? I told the guy, look, man, I'm, he went to go grab the stuff. I said, look, man, I'm kind of sick. I don't think you want to touch the stuff. And he was so appreciative of that. And I said, oh, I mean, you know, I, I, he's like, thank you very much, man. I said, oh, no, no. I mean, you got a customer service job. He's like, no, man, I got kids, you know, it's like, you know, so he appreciated it. Hang on. I just sneezed. Sorry. Oh, that hurt. Fuck. Anyway, but here's the wrestling thing that was funny was he said that, like, he's like, nah, man, I got kids. All I could picture was Heath Slater. Like, nah, man, you don't want to touch this. I got, uh, I, I, you know, I'm under, I'm sick and everything. Oh, thanks, man. I got kids! <laughs> that's all I could picture. It was so stupid. Oh, that's so delicious. That's my last one of the blue raspberry, too. But thanks for the birthday wishes, guys. So... But we all deal with some kind of depression and stuff, and we need to... I'm trying to find my pace back where I was, you know? Johnny, what's the deal with the picture I sent? Oh, sorry, guys. Cedric messaged me asking for an update. Uh, he sent me a picture, an autographed Tito Santana. My mom, when she used to watch wrestling back in the 70s and early 80s, she loved two people, Mighty Igor and Tito Santana. So he got a picture of her, uh, of him. And he's like, anybody want this uh, autograph I'm about to get? I go, yes! Seems like a birthday present. I was going to wait for a birthday present, but I had it sent to my mom's house, and she ended up opening it. Only because the drink spilled. Didn't mess up the picture, but she wanted to make sure everything was okay. So, surprise. Um, depression and suicide. Why do we Why do we get to the point of thinking that stuff, you know? Um, I'm just putting myself back, sitting back. Headache's actually kicking in a little bit more, so let's just relax a little bit and just make myself comfortable. <sighs> okay. Um, why do we get to the point of thinking this kind of stuff? The biggest thing, like I mentioned earlier, at the very beginning of the episode, was because of the idea of giving up hope and stuff like that. Why we feel this way, why do we think to ourselves that we can't keep going? And there's so many different examples of stuff. And not only is it the idea of us giving up hope, but it's also our families freaking out and our friends trying to figure out what happened. <clears throat> you know, why did Robin Williams kill himself? We now know he was so depressed and find out the medical news he couldn't take it anymore. Why did uh, Rock and Rebel kill his wife and himself? And and shout out to Joey Numbers. And Joey Numbers, I agree with him for what he said. But 
there is one kind of difference I want to say. When he was talking about the idea, like, there's no justification for people talking up how people, like, this guy, he was a good guy and stuff like that. You know, the guy did something horrible, you don't, like, keep it to yourself. And I agree with him. I really do. But when you got someone who's super close, and I think he was meaning it like this too. When you get somebody who's super close to you, like a Jericho, or if Eddie was alive, Eddie Guerrero for Chris Benoit, let's say he was alive and Benoit did what he did. Family, you know, a lot of people, they try to justify, not because they're trying to paint a better image for the person, but because they're trying to understand. You know, look at Bo Bergdahl, the guy, you know, who ran from his unit and got captured by the Taliban and was imprisoned. Um, his de- I'm not getting political, guys. Bear with me. You know, his dad spent time and learned to speak Arabic. He, uh, or Pashto or Urdu, one of those, the Afghan language, one of them, Urdu, Pashto, they got a couple in the country. Um, he read the Quran because he was trying to understand why his son would do what he did. You know, we, we try to understand so we can potentially justify, maybe to other people, but more importantly to ourselves. And the same thing goes for suicide. You know, you guys ever watch those corny Lifetime movies and everything? Well, a lot of those Lifetime movies are based, I mean, there's the, the sweet ones made for Christmas and stuff like that. Oh my God, it's a Christmas holiday week here at Lifetime. Oh my God. But, there is a lot of those made-for-TV movies that are based on true stories. And I don't remember the name of it, but there was one of them that was about um, a mother who who comes home and there's police at the house and she's trying to figure out what's going on. She's running upstairs and gets to her son's bedroom and found that her 17-year-old son, 16, 17, 18-year-old son, shot himself. And for like the next year... She's freaking out, going into depression. She's trying to say, like, uh, he had to have been murdered. He didn't do it. There was there was no cause. There was nothing. You know, he was so happy, all this kind of stuff. And she's trying to justify. And I think the big part of it is because she's trying to think that her baby boy, her pride and joy, she had another son, but her oldest and everything would um, <clears throat> would not do that. He couldn't have. He was a happy, sweet boy and stuff like that. And I'm not saying he wasn't everybody, but... That's what she's thinking in her mind. She's not accepting the fact. It took her like over a year to accept the fact that her son was depressed enough and didn't show the call signs or anything. You know, because that's one of the things they say. You guys have watched Godfather 2? I, I got a reason for this. Um, you know, in Godfather 2, when they bring out Frank Pentangeli's brother, they have, it's like, okay, if he's gonna, if he's gonna let everything out, he's gonna say it in front of his brother, his blood and stuff like that, and he ends up staying quiet. And stuff, and then, you know, Tom Hagen meets him and he talks about, basically, it, they talk about the idea of Pentangeli's family is going to be taken care of um, if he kills himself. You know, and he said, like, you know, eh, the, the guy never got anything. Unless unless he killed himself. Then the family was taken care of. You know, yeah, because yeah, he was talking about the days of the, of the Roman Empire. And um, <clears throat> he said that, uh, you know, it's like, and sometimes they'll, they'll, he would throw a party before and celebrate. And then Tom Hagen dropped the cigar and said, Frankie, five angels, you'll be in good hands. And he goes, thanks, Tom. Uh, thanks a lot. Something like that. He goes in. He drinks a little bit. He plays cards with the FBI agents. He goes, takes a bath, it turns out, and, and, and he slit his wrist because that's how he would do it. He would go in, get nice and hot in the tub, and then slit his wrist because that would make the blood flow even harder. I mean, better, better. You know what I mean? It would come out even more. Um, and he killed himself like that in the movie. And the thing is, that's what a lot, that's what they showed in that movie was the kid in that Lifetime movie was he was happy. He was kind of celebrating because what it is is when they finally make the decision to kill themselves, they, um, people will tend to, it's like a breath of fresh air. They finally made the, the, the choice and it's like, I, I'm good. I, 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 I'm, I'm at peace now. I know what I'm going to do. And he would go and celebrate and then, 
and then uh, just had a little bit of fun, and then he killed himself, you know? That's what happens a lot of time. That's not 100% of the time, but that's what happens a lot of the time. Um, and so the, the call signs of suicide aren't there because you're thinking, he's in a great mood. I don't understand. He was in a great mood. I just saw him the other day because they made the determination. He or she made the determination to do what they did. You know, missed my life. One of my closest friends said I didn't want to be a burden on my family after a failed suicide attempt. It made sense to him, but I was trying to see it rationally. It just didn't make sense. You want to know something morbid? Uh, Miss Life. I'm not going to say the whole name. Sorry. Uh, Lifey. There you go. Lifey wifey. Uh, miss my life. Lifey wifey or whatever. Unless you're a guy, in which case uh, you could be my wifey. Whatever. <laughs> but let's uh, listen to this. I could tell you. I've thought that if oh was that your name Vic I don't know well you're lifey now anyway I've thought to myself not that I plan on doing anything okay I don't but I've always felt I've been depressed many times to the point of thinking if I was gone nobody would care I might as well just have a cremation it's simpler oh Victoria okay it's simpler it's easier you know just no need for a funeral no one's gonna show up anyway it's very morbid ain't it you know, and we are just thinking like, you know, no one's going to bother to come to come to my funeral. That's how morbid I would think at times, you know, because that's how worthless I feel. And I, I wake up every day with hope again because I feel like today's going to be the better day, stuff like that. And a lot of people, that's what it is, is that they stick around because they keep telling themselves the next day is going to be better. The next day is going to be better. And maybe the day doesn't end up better. Maybe it's worse. But then you're thinking, oh, it can't get worse than this. So I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be better and stuff like that. You know, we do that a lot. Whether it's with a tough job, because I can tell you, like with my job, I've had to worry about the idea of uh, worried many times the idea that my boss would want to fire me because she's all about numbers and the job does not require numbers. We're not supposed to have a quota, but she institutes a quota and she made it feel like when I first was getting started that, you know, the idea that I that I'm going to be fired because I'm not meeting the numbers. She's like, I, you've been doing this for X amount of time. I, I don't know what to say. It's like there's no fucking quota, you know. I wanted to say that. So, but it's, uh, and some people, that's just how it is with their jobs. Like their job gets so much that that's enough to make people want to take themselves. They, uh, it could be just something else. And it's it, it just a relationship ends and you think it's the end of the world. I'm going to tell son, and if anybody here is religious or waiting to marriage, I respect that completely. So don't take it the wrong way. But here's one thing I tell people is when you get into, out of a relationship, if you've had sex, especially, of course, um, Go out and immediately go out to a club, hit up somebody, guy, girl, whatever, and just try to get a one-nighter. I know that sounds crazy, but the reason I tell people is you don't want to wait around. And I got a reason for this because this can go into suicide and depression as well. Because how many times have we had depressed because of the end of the relationship? It's like the end of the world. Or a friend of ours, if that's what happens. <clears throat> I would say to them, go and try to do a one-nighter because do you know why it's called No Strings Attached? You know why people call it No Strings Attached, NSA, a one-night stand, stuff like that? Because in the back of the head, if you get down to the root of it, it's because when you're in a relationship, strings are attached. And the last person you were intimate with is the person you were in love with, if that's how bad it was. Meaning like that's how deep it was, that's how important it was, the fact that now you're depressed because of the breakup. And I tell them, you got to go and get yourself somebody because you, when you break up, you still have those theoretical strings attached to you and you got to cut the strings. You got to get with somebody else and cut the strings. I had a friend of mine, I told her that. You know, her, she has a, she has a daughter with her ex and it was just like a little tough and I told her, you gotta go out and get with somebody because it's gonna make things so much easier. And guess what? 
she eventually didn't she messaged me and she goes i did what you said and you're right it's so much better you know and then she got the herpes but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seriously she didn't she didn't but but she did go out she met a guy got with and she messaged me out of the blue and just said it was uh, you're right the strings are gone the pressure is off because you know when people like they have the breakup and they go i just need some time i need to get myself ready if you were in a marriage or you were engaged and the other person died like that maybe just the other person died actually you know i understand that because you, it's a mourning period and you gotta, and you, 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 you're trying to honor that person and you just, you can't accept the fact of moving on from that person. And that makes complete sense, guys. It makes, understand, my girlfriend, I love, I'm, I'm in love with this girl, I'm hoping to marry her, and if she, if something would have happened to her, I'm gonna be lost, I guarantee you, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna tell Papa Dave, and he'll be there for me, he will be, I know Dave will be there, and I could talk to him so much about it, and I'll say to him, dude, I just, I, I can't, I'm done with the show, I'll probably try to come back on at some point, but right now I just need to go into my own bubble. And it's not the safest, but it's understandable. You know, and you gotta keep, you gotta try to help somebody after a point, you gotta get them out of that bubble. Because after a breakup, the longer they're in that bubble, the more of a hermit they become isolated, the less that they're hearing about love and support. And I'm not the biggest guy that says, you gotta give me love and support to let me know that you're there for me, because I know. But it, but for a lot of people it is. And miss my life, you know, life, he says there are chemicals involved that can be changed by meds, but a lot of times the meds make it worse for the depressed of their families. It's a catch-22. Very true. Try to get five-hour energy shots. Get all the vitamins and it energizes you and wakes you up. You know, for me, it's gonna help with this goddamn flu. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's a, it's a legit thing. You know, you gotta get yourself going. And, it's, it's very powerful to get, to help somebody out when they get into those spots, you know? And, we need to be there for each other. Another reason why I want to do this show is not just because of Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. And by the way, here's another, a person I was going to mention who hasn't passed away yet, but he's about to. If you guys watch Fox News, there's a guy by the name of Charles Krauthammer. He's one of the biggest conservatives, um, out there, but he's nice, he was always great with people, well, it was found out that he has cancer again, his cancer came back, and apparently he made a statement and said that last month it was not there, and now um, the, the the test showed that it was back, and because of the fact it, was there not, it wasn't there a month ago it shows that it's so rapid, doctors have given him only a few weeks to live and so, he basically had to give his goodbye, and he said, my fight is over, you know, because he fought cancer for over a year and everything, and things look to be on the up and up and now there's this, um so it's not a suicide, but it's a preemption. People know he's going to die now. Uh, and the world knows because if you watch Fox News or even if you hear about it on CNN or MSNBC, I, get, I guarantee they're talking about it a little bit um, because they do care about each other even though they hate each other. You know, it's out of respect. Um, but another reason was because in one of my veterans groups, you guys ever hear 22 a day? It's because of the veterans that on average 22 veterans a day kill themselves because they can't handle the pain anymore. PTSD, sorrow, worthlessness, because we join, we have a mission, um, we have a mission to uh, when we're in the military, and then we get out and there's no mission. Even if we try to create a mission, we're usually told what the mission is. Now we have to try to create our own mission. You know, remember from Born Supremacy, uh, Jason Bourne, you know, he's in, in Berlin and everything, and it's trying to say like, you know, uh, you know, why is he, uh, like, he, he, what is it, like, why, why, why uh, Italy, why now? I forgot the thing. Was it Milan or Torino, something like that? And uh, they said could be a random. You know, like he's using one of his uh, registered passports. Like, oh, he made his first mistake. They don't make mistakes. They don't make randoms. It's always an objective, always a mission. The objectives and missions were always made by us. Who's making them now? Scary version? He is. 
for a lot of soldiers, it's hard. For a lot of veterans, it's hard to just go out and try to create a mission. That's why you got to get a job. That's why so many of, of veterans join the military or the fire department or EMTs, not just because of the skills background, but because it's a paramilitary force with a mission and an objective. And it's so much easier for us now. And twenty, and, But every day, 22 veterans a day, on average, kill themselves. I'm hoping that number's gone down. And one of the veterans in my group made a message in there saying, I'm going to be one of the 22. I'm grabbing a gun. I can't anymore. And what do we? What happens? Everybody tries to get updates and stuff. Somebody finds out from his Facebook, whoever's a friend on his Facebook, will go um, – um, he would go um, – what do you call it? Somebody who's a friend on his Facebook find the town that he's registered, like according to his Facebook, call that police bomb and say, we got a veteran. He's threatening suicide. Can you get someone out there? They go out and stuff like that. They give updates. Uh, we got him or we didn't make it in time. God forbid, stuff like that. We have this great support system in the, on our veterans groups. It's what we do. And so it just kind of clicked to me because you always hear about these these celebrities, Kate Spade, uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain, now Charles Cradhammer who's dying. And, and uh, now, but now you got a normal person, a regular veteran. And it just was like a click, like this is something that needs to be talked about. I'm not mentioning his name on here, but, you know, and I know you guys understand that and respect that. And, and you know, Lifey, my her first husband was an excellent soldier but could not function as a civilian. But he did not deal with depression, thank goodness. You know, and Bobby Blades is even saying, you know, uh, ah, finally changed the name, huh, dude? I've heard it's so difficult to return to civilian life. Trust me, it's hard. So, and here's the funny thing. Bobby Blade said it's the same way with ex-cons. We have so many phrases that we say just like a convict, somebody who was a criminal, you know, who gets out of jail. I, I, I paid my dues. I did my time. You know, I'm finally getting out. We say so many of the same things as criminals because it's an institution in the military, you know. But you join the National Guard and it helps some. That's the key thing, Lifey. If you if you got know anybody who's getting out of the military, tell them. Join the reserves or join the National Guard because that will do a big number for them to help them out, you know. Our garden was done by vets with PTSD trying to return to civilian life. It's hard, dude, Luke. It really is. And you guys have a lot of problems going on right now with the government. Uh, what is it, the court? or they, they passed a bill that said that soldiers who committed offenses in the Troubles in uh, Ireland could not be charged with crimes even though they were ordered to do something. It's like, what the hell? You can't charge somebody for doing something they followed an order when they're in the military in a conflict zone. And for anybody that's wondering, it's a little different over there because they don't have posse comitatus where we do. Like, you can't use the military for police. They could do that in the U.K., so, I'm taking a quick bite. So, and look, I know you've been trying to avoid politics, and I respect that. I'm trying to avoid it. When I make an example, I'm trying to make a quick example. That's all. So, oh man, this is really creating the phlegm. I got no cheese or anything. What the hell? Is it the mustard, maybe? You guys heard the thing from DT and Missionary, don't have dairy before a show. Well, I don't, but maybe there's something that I'm missing. <sighs> um, but yeah, if anybody, hey, if the Bobs, Papa Dave, if anybody wants to call in, you know, it'd be great to talk to somebody about this. Get another eye so that way it's not just me on here. I think the people would appreciate that. But if anybody else, if you got me on Skype, you know, make a call over. You know, you know, you know my Facebook, Johnny Florida, so, yeah. Ha ha ha, phlegm. Yeah. Fuck you too, Bobs. Uh, oh, my head. Oh, that's so good. They need the drink. I'm going to need to do a fill-up fill up pretty soon. 
Uh, is everybody doing good? I mean, if if you guys got here's a question: If anybody in here in the chat has any friends that you think a little bit of suspicious, maybe they're depressed. Not not saying they have to be. Um, what do you call it? Any um, like thoughts of suicide? I mean, if they got that too, then you know, if you if you think outright. But if you think they're depressed, put some examples about them in the chat. And uh, let us know. We could probably talk about it and see what the possibility is. And just that way we can give an idea for, um, um, you know, talk to, for when you want to talk to them and stuff, you know? Like, oh, what do you think about this? My buddy is doing this, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. Whether it's a family member, a friend, an ex, whatever, just say my buddy. That way we don't know, you know? Just say my buddy or, in the case of people from the UK, my mate, whatever the hell. <laughs> my wanker, you know, and not talking about your dick. But, uh, but yeah, no, seriously, like, put some examples in the chat so that way we could talk about it. But, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, uh, quickly. Let's take a quick break, guys, okay? I'm gonna go back and play another Jim Cornette thing. I'm gonna go turn on the AC, get a fill up on a drink, take a couple of minutes, um, because I could use that. So nobody call in for a couple of minutes, only people are suspected pressed to diagnose. Uh, true, Luke, but sometimes you got some people that they, well, how about this? If anybody's been diagnosed, then let, just, just talk about it. You know, we can answer some questions. Demetrius, I had a family member die of suicide. And uh, for the record, Shy, I guarantee Lifey didn't put LOL because of your response. So uh, don't worry about that, please. Um, here we go. Three and a half minutes, Jim Cornette on Gangrel. I'm just going to play this quickly while I go get a drink, okay? Picking the right style takes time. Stupid ads! customer shouldn't take all your time. Need something printed? The Shut up. I am not sure of the timeline of Jim's tenure during the Attitude Era in the WWF, but I was a huge fan of Gangrel and The Brood at the time. Does Jim have any stories about Gangrel or an opinion on him as a worker? I was very disappointed that Gangrel did not get a better singles push with such a unique gimmick. Well, and actually, I've known Dave Heath since he was a fan in Florida in the 80s. Uh, used to hang around with Bowdrin and all those guys. Um, and I've always thought he was a great worker. He had a great gimmick. He had commitment. Boy, he got the fangs put in, you know, they weren't fake fangs. And, uh, and he and Luna were a couple at, at, at the period of time that they were both working there. And I always enjoyed Luna. I thought she's a great girl. Um, and I was a fan of the gimmick and I was a fan of the brood. Um, as far as Edge and Christian, I was there when they had their tryout match at a TV taping in Toronto and I'm watching the monitor, and I, my first reaction, because Edge was a heel at the time, my first reaction was, well, this guy's going to be the next fucking decade's Ric Flair. He's fucking great. And the kid, Christian, the kid he's working with, not bad either. And I'm starting to put him over out loud to JR, and he's going, because eh, eh, Carl DeMarco was their agent. And he was sitting over there. He didn't want DeMarco to hear me raving about him, because I think they just signed him for 300 bucks a week Canadian, right? So anyway... I was a fan of all those guys, and I loved the brood, and the brood led to one of the first really pointed exchanges and problems and bones of contention between me and Kevin Dunn when I was doing commentary on one of the syndicated programs, and it was a brood match, 
And I mentioned something to the effect of not since the fabulous Freebirds have three men because they look to me to be an updated, cool, 20 years later version of the Freebirds. Instead of fucking, you know, redneck Leonard Skinner, you know, lookalikes from fucking Georgia, they were goddamn vampires from fucking Transylvania or wherever the fuck, right? They were just cool, but they were three blonde guys that could work and talk and go. So I said, not since the fabulous Freebirds have three guys been this dominant or something about going to be able to change the face of the profession like this. <clears throat> so as a week or two later, I see Kevin Dunn in one of the pay-per-views, and he says, well, Jam, oh, Jam, why do you compare? And this, by the way, was when Michael Hayes was actually already working there. He, was, he still had to be Doc Hendricks doing promos, but he worked there. Why do you compare the brood to the fabulous Freebirds? It makes them look dated. I said, you're insane, right? I said, if the brood draws for us a tenth of the money that the fabulous Freebirds drew in their time, we would all be turning cartwheels. That's why I compared them to the fabulous, well, our audience and the WWF doesn't know who they are. I said, well, that's your fault, not mine. Uh, and it just, it just went like that. So, but anyway, but it was over the brood, yes, that Kevin and I began our jousting. And he's still an idiot, by the way. Always was. All right, that took a turn. Uh, let's get one more question here. But the, the brood were great, and I always liked Gangrel. Uh, fucking Bucky Beaver, right, guys? Oh, okay. Wow, uh, dude, I, I got uh, guys. I got some fucking chills going on, man. This this illness is really starting to kick in. Like when I'm sitting down, I mean the headache's going, but I'm trying to calm down on it, and it gets better, it gets worse. I got up, and man, I'd hate to make a fucking grease reference, but the chills they were multiplying. But that's okay. Um, but okay, I didn't see if anybody wants to make the call in, please do. Um. Let's see. Whew. Yeah, I took a shower this morning. I was really hoping it was going to be a hot shower, but it was uh, it was actually a cold one. They, uh, all the hot water was gone. Fuck. That's the thing down here. We, we got like a lot of central – we don't have central plumbing in a lot of places. This place I think does, but it's also on wells down here. So they're all localized, and because of that um, – it could be a limit on the hot water. Now, there was some times where the hot water, like in the evening, oh my god, I take a shower, I'll be hot in there for 45 minutes. I took one this morning at 8, 8 a.m., and I let it run for a couple of minutes before I went on in there. I figured, you know, let's get it nice and hot. And I walk in there, immediately, it's almost cold. And I'm like, fuck! But that's okay. Whew. I mean, it did help out. It cleared up the nose and stuff like that, and then I went, I laid back down to sleep, and so, yeah. But, <clears throat> how's everybody doing? You guys doing good? You know, I'm saying we're getting a lot of numbers. You know, we've been gaining on our numbers, by the way, for followers. So, good luck there. Um, a quick thing. I, I will do one quick wrestling thing. So, um, I got to talk to uh, Mad Max because I found out from Mr. Cheese and Rice, Carl Buteau, Um He will not be available tomorrow to do uh, the final match for the fantasy booking tournament. He's going up to D.C. So, he's uh, there until Wednesday. So, we're going to have to try to see about maybe sometime this week or probably during the weekend. Uh, next weekend, but one of the sweeter thing I did was I was able to buy a couple of items of wrestling merchandise um, uh, that I'm going to use as the runner-up. You guys know those, what are they, the Funko Pops? You know, the Pops uh, things, the, those figurines? Well, 
there was a three pack for uh, the New Day, and I was able to buy it from a wrestling collector. A three pack, and what I'm hoping to God is a legitimate. Yeah, no, no, no that's legit. Um, I'm just double checking and making sure. Um, autographs, like the all three guys from the New Day, um, autographed it. Now I'm just double checking. I could see it's it's like one of those um. Was it? It's like one of those like paint markers. You know what it is, guys? Like, it, like it's it's you know it, it, it's not like regular ink. Like you could just rub it and it'll come off. Like you could rub it and it probably won't come off. I mean, if you get deep into rubbing, then yeah, it's gonna come off. Um, you know, isn't that what they used to say in the 1950s against masturbation? Rub, rub too hard and you'll you'll take it off, and hair will grow from your from your hands and your eyes will melt out of your body. You know. Meanwhile, they were making those same videos against uh, trying to avoid a nuclear holocaust. Duck and cover. But, you know, uh, Demetrius says, you know, still here. No, not at all. She kept most of it to herself. And that's the problem. You know. Ah, here we go. <sighs> Bobby! Yes, sir. What's happening, Johnny? How is my favorite national anthem? <laughs> um, I, I, feel like, I feel like maybe I should be like a universal anthem, honestly. Yeah. That, uh, see... The only problem with that is that in the wrestling world, there's kind of a smudge with Universal, hence in a certain championship we never see. So I don't want to call you that, but but we'll go. Um, well, it is perfect. Intergalactic. Who here has ever seen me? There in, you go. Intergalactic. Intergalactical anthem. I'll settle for that. Yeah, you go. I'll settle for that. That's the farthest. I mean, we can't even see that far anyway, so I'm yeah. good enough with that. Yeah, I'll play. Uh, I'll play Beastie. The the music to Beastie Boys Intergalactic in the background is just singing. Yeah, that's the Intergalactic. Anthem. I'm with that. Let's <laughs> do that. <laughs> Uh, so how you doing, Bob's? I'm actually doing okay, man. I'm not gonna complain, you know. That's good to hear. Yeah. So glad you're able to join on, because I'll tell you, I'm I, I'm really enjoying this show, and I'm going through, but uh, it's uh, taking a hit on me right now from being sick. Yeah, yeah. So you said it's the you actually have the flu, or is the, it feels I, like the flu? Pro- probably. I got a cold. I got a fever. I got headaches. Okay. I got uh, when I'm getting up and moving about, so I have chills. Oh you know. boy, yeah, yeah, yeah not the good kind like... of chills like uh, like t- uh, t- uh, Tom Cruise, not t- John. Yeah, no, not Tom Cruise. Uh, John Travolta, that fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds like the flu, man. Did that just come about, or yeah, I had I had the for... I had the cold yesterday. I stayed over at my parents okay. uh, yesterday night. Um, not not this last night, the night before, and I stayed at my parents. I took the Friday off, and mm-hmm. um, so I stayed there, and then I started getting the flu. And I started getting a headache last night, and then I wake up to this morning and fucking haywire. Ugh, so this is... Eh, I don't want to speak any uh, negative energy into the universe, but... Bob's, it, I've spent probably... the, Bob's, I've spent the last hour talking suicide and depression. Can we get any fucking lower? <laughs> this is true, man, but I was... I don't know. I was trying to add maybe a little bit of a different perspective or at least my own personal perspective but uh i'd love that take on over dude you know you got the the, well no take at least take over for a while you're talking you take the reins but not roman reigns he sucks (laughs) be fair to roman come on man (laughs) i'll be fair the guy's named after a fucking empire with a guy who was stabbed in the back and killed by his fucking nephew a cousin or some shit okay he's good okay all right 
you know, I've, I've defended Roman as much as I'm going to do today. <laughs> so. uh, oh, that's right. You're you you you're a bit of a fan. My bad. My bad. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think uh, I think people's criticism, and we're not going to like. I know that yeah. the, this wasn't intended to be the wrestling show, but yeah. I feel like people's um, criticism of Roman is a little too harsh sometimes. Yeah. No, I'm not going to go off on you. I'm not going to be like, you know, Jim Cornette talking to a, a, a Trump supporter and everything like, fuck you, and I hope your mother dies. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. So don't, not yet. No, I'll, I'll be respectful on that. So, but take it away, uh, dude. Alright, well, I mean, as, as far as the depression and stuff, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot on it, mainly because I don't want to, just because, you know, a lot of it is my personal stuff, but just, just to add, just, uh, slightly different and more personal perspective, um, I, I was diagnosed with depression, you know, like, uh, a few years back and I was prescribed a medication to take. I hated it. I didn't want to take it at all, but you know, I, I, I gave it a try. I hated how it made me feel and I just, I hated everything about it. And for me, I knew that, um, I knew that my depression had absolutely nothing to do with a chemical imbalance, you know, uh, and I feel like that, that that's what the medication is supposed to be for. You know, I feel like there should be way more tests done. You know, uh, I was feeling down. Um, the lady I was with at the time knew I was miserable. She was at my doctor's appointment with me and she actually said, yeah, I think he's depressed. And the doctor just said, oh, here, take all these fucking drugs. And I'm like, oh, all right. You know, there were no kind of tests done or anything. She just said I was sad, and the doctor gave me pills. Um, it was not a chemical imbalance at all. Yeah. I was sad, and still, I'm still kind of sad, and I'm not going to get into it. I'm not asking for help from anybody or anything. It's just what I'm dealing with, and I've been dealing with it for a long time. I was just not happy with where I was in life. I was not happy with the choices that I made in life. I was not happy with with um, opportunities that I missed. I had a lot of regrets. I was sad because I personally fucked my life up. I had nothing to do with any kind of chemical imbalance. I can say that with absolute certainty. I was in a, I was in a very miserable situation. Um, I'm still trying to rebound from that. Not a chemical imbalance. It's a sadness more than the way that I feel. Like personally, I feel like it's more of a sadness than a, than a depression, more regrets than, uh, like a, you know, uh, let's see. Now I'm now I'm losing my words, but you get what I'm saying. It, oh, no, I, I don't. Gotcha. It's not a chemical imbalance. For right. some people, it is. For some people, it's completely irrational. Everything could be going well in their life, but for some reason, they're just not happy. They, they just can't find it. You know. Well, do you think maybe? And now I'm not playing devil's advocate for the doctor. Don't think that. But it's just a question. You ever think that maybe? There was something with chemicals like, you know, there were some people out there who go and I'm not saying you did. Um, I'm, I'm a big example. You know, sometimes people, they lose their relationship because maybe they uh, cheated or maybe they just did something that the other person considers cheating. Like I knew somebody who, you know, his girlfriend was so fucking haywire that the fact he was just chat, he was seen chatting with his ex one time and they were chatting about just whatever because their families got close to each other, you know, and she considered that cheating and it's like, what the fuck? You know, now if he was talking like, you know, I miss you, I want you back, it's like, okay, you're getting a little close to the line. But 
some people they'll go out and they'll cheat and they'll do it with a smile maybe and they come back and it's the end of the world and they're upset but they don't you know at the same time they don't think it's the end of the world anymore and they they're like oh it's 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 not the big deal and stuff like that and they go on moving but then there are others who maybe there's a chemical imbalance in their head that they're so depressed already that for them doing it and being busted knocks the the chemicals off even so much more it gets deeper like I'm not again. I'm not saying you did that. I'm just making an example right. that most people can relate with. Because either someone we know cheated, maybe some of us cheated, some not me, but some people out there who's listening. Or we all know somebody who cheated, and maybe that's a, so we can all relate to that. Um, I I don't know. I I still feel like that's mostly. I feel like that's mostly just a. Uh, what's the word? Cop out. No, 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 no. Like, uh, I feel like I'm about to make up a word, a situational type thing. Okay. You know, like, I, I still don't feel like that's necessary. I feel like that's more of related to the situation than it is a chemical thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like, see, that, that's, a, that's the type of thing that can be rationalized for me. And to be clear, for me, that wasn't the situation necessarily for me that wasn't why i was unhappy in my situation it had nothing to do with any type of uh, infidelity or anything like that i was just i was just in a situation that i never wanted to be in yeah fuck i'm getting i'm getting too (laughs) getting too personal but i i get along i get along very well with the lady now but but when we were together it wasn't it wasn't good but um yeah like i'm like i was saying though like as far as the depression goes like people who don't go through it and who like, it's hard for people to understand. Like, you know, somebody can feel depressed and they can come across depressed and, and somebody on the outside can say, Oh, well, you're doing good though. You have a good job. You know, you have a, you have a beautiful girlfriend, you know, just be happy. It it doesn't fucking work like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that you're, saying that it's just that easy but a lot of people do a lot of people think oh what do you have to be sad about you're doing all right you're doing better than a lot of people but it's not it's not something that can be rationalized as simply as that see i'll admit i'm one to say stuff like that but not because of the uh, i don't do it in a morbid way be like what are you talking about dude you make like i do it when i am trying to build them up because like i so okay i've never been outright honest with what i do for a job guys i've actually lied um I'm a reemployment specialist in my civilian world now. Um, I help people that are trying to get jobs. You know, I, I work with them, try to keep track of things, finding out all the trends. That's what I do. I help other people get jobs. And I get people that come in and they're depressed. They haven't worked in so, – sometimes they they just lost their job and they're depressed. Other times they haven't worked in years and they're depressed or something. Or maybe they're about to become homeless. I've had people that were homeless. And <clears> – <throat> I help try to build them up in some ways because they are such in a hole that I need them to think positive because it's what keeps them going. Because I've never had a spot where I've outright thought this guy might kill himself, but I don't want to get close to that. So I help them get on a positive mindset on some of those things because it builds them up. You know, like in in some ways it's very morbid. I'm going to give them one of the most morbid examples, and it's sick, but it's what people needed. You know, the reason for the growth of the Nazi party was because of the fall of World War One. The Depression destroyed the country, and the Nazis made a way to claim, like, oh, it's the Jews' fault, it's the Bolsheviks, the communists, Gentiles, all these other people. And and people finally had something to push themselves up and get morale, like, you know, we're Germans, we're strong, we're powerful, we can overcome anything, and it's not our fault. I, I, I'm using a very morbid example because it's from all walks of life as well, but that's what I would do to help out my veterans is not talk about Nazism, anybody. Shut up. Uh, but I would help them out because they needed that 
they need to pick me up just because the last, it, it, whether they're one mile away from, from possible suicide, whether they're three miles away, whether they're five miles away, I don't want them getting any closer than what they are. You know, I'm not saying I automatically suspect that they are. I haven't run into that just quite yet, but I've had guys, I've had grown men in their forties and fifties come into my office and crying because they have nothing. I had one vet that, uh, one guy, he was a veteran and he came in and he came in crying. He had to finally admit that he's been homeless for a while. He can't do anything. I've been seeing him for a while at the office and helping him out. And what did I do? I help him. I helped got him a shelter. Um, we got him list for food banks, for legal and financial assistance, stuff like this. And he said uh, he came back a week later. A buddy of his found out, took him in after a couple of days in the shelter, said, no, you're living with me now. He's doing all this stuff. He comes. He tells me that if I get a job, I'm going to come back in my uh, in my work clothes <clears throat> to your office and everything with um, a certain item. I don't want to say exactly what field he got the, he used to work in. Uh, it was completely legal, guys, but I just don't want to give out too much info. And... He said, I'm going to do all that if I get a job. And what happened? I'm in the middle working with another client, and he just comes in with tears in his eyes and proud and happy because he got a job. And we all just broke down, you know? So this guy got to the bottom, and I'm not taking any of the credit. I told him. He tried to give me credit, and I said, I'm not going to not take credit because I don't want you feeling like I'm insulting you, but I will say majority of the credit belongs to you. You did the hard work. You prevailed. This is your victory. Um and that's the thing that's needed. And even in people who are depressed, potentially thinking suicide, they need that victory. To as the literally that joker, they need a pick me up. And we're not talking drugs, and we're not talking coffee. We're talking. They just need a morale boost. You know. Again, though, I feel like that's the that's that's the type of thing that can help with somebody if their depression is situational and not chemical. If it's chemical, yeah, it's almost it's, impossible. It, yeah, because because it is it is an unrational sadness, and I and I I hesitate to even use the word sadness because it's it's a lot deeper than that. But it's it's something that's not caused by something that's going on in your life, and and I don't know, and I'm not saying don't try to make somebody feel better, but I don't know how much good that's gonna do. Like if, if somebody's situation is fucked up, if they're home, like okay. Nah, nah, I was gonna say some more personal shit. But, um, uh, if, if somebody's in a situation where they're like homeless or something, obviously they're gonna be very sad. And you can, you can try to lift them up, uplift them with words and everything. And, and it could work. Their situation is still bad, but in a situation like that, the words could help. But somebody could be doing great. They could have the best job in the world, making millions of fucking dollars. They could have a, a supermodel wife who's just 100% down for him. She's not cheating on him. She doesn't talk down to him. Um, everything could just be the best thing ever. And he could still feel like absolute shit. There's nothing that you can really say that's going to help that because it's completely irrational. Right. I, I, and I know that that sounds bleak, but like that's... No, Robin that's, Williams. Great example. Yeah, yeah. Like that's depression. That is depression right there. No, you're exactly right on that. So, I mean, we all walks of life, and that, and that's why I spent like the good portion of the beginning talking about celebrities because, we like I said, we build such a mantle on them that yeah. when they fall, we feel like we're gonna fall. If this person can't succeed, how am I supposed to succeed? Like, you know, I I, I know I brought up the whole like the OJ chase because you know I know you were uh, 
what, probably a teenager when that happened? I believe so, yeah, yeah. yeah. To clear it up, to clear it up, I'm 43. I just turned 43. Okay, good. Get, fuck you, <laughs> Bobby Blaze. <laughs> Blaze was fucking with you. That's my boy. That's my ace right there, by the way. Shout yeah. out to Blaze. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He's your ace. He's pushing. He's going to be my bitch. Anyway, <laughs> no, I love I love Bobby Blades. I I love him to death. Uh, you know, uh, I know you do. but yeah, um, but no, like I, I brought up the OJ case because think about it. Like I mentioned, you know, people like he grew up in downtown LA, Galileo High. How many people thought it was the falling of an icon? How many people even said that back then? How do you mm-hmm. God? How do you think AC Callings felt? This guy worshipped uh, OJ so much he bought the exact same fucking Bronco as the guy which was used in the chase. You know, and he's caught up because he's got a, he's listening to OJ because he idolizes him and he's his friend and he still idolizes him. You know, that's like for me, you know, everybody knows like me, I'm a, I love politics and I was in the military. That'd be like if I became best friends with a general, you know, like Colin Powell or something. And let's say Colin Powell with a gun told me we got to get in the car and we go through the same damn thing. Guarantee you, I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to do what he says, do anything that can keep him from possibly killing himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there's 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 something to that. Um, you know, somebody becoming a celebrity, they could be your best friend in the world growing up, and if they become this big celebrity that millions of people know and love, or even if millions of people hate them, whatever, they're still a celebrity. They're still a person who touches so many lives. So you, as their friend, you're gonna look at them differently whether you say you do or not you might not treat them very differently but you're going to look at them at least a little differently like you're going to be somewhat in awe of them that's why it's so it's so significant when when a celebrity does pass away or or worse when a celebrity takes their life it it touches people a lot more than it would just you know if you found out that one of your neighbors who you weren't so close with passed away Right. Because not so many people knew your neighbor. Your, your neighbor might have touched the lives of the people um, in their family or their friends, but a celebrity touches millions and millions of lives. Yeah. You know. Well, here's an example of someone who didn't get depressed to the point of killing himself, but you know the comedian Bud Kreischer? <clears throat> I don't. He did the – what was it? Oh, my God. He did that, uh, that TV show where he was always going on all the different uh, – Bert the Conqueror. Where he go to theme parks across the country, did some daring shit like you know getting a bull, uh, bull, uh, pen with a bull and everything like a rodeo clown shit. Uh, okay. He's a, he's a comedian, great guy, and he was on Joe Rogan's show. Bert is one of like you, people talk about like Joe Rogan for, um, for podcasting. Bert Kreischer was one of the first ones for com- comedy as well for podcasting, and he made the uh, the comedy podcast network or something like that. And he was on Joe Rogan's show, and he talked about the day he got to meet Gene Simmons, and he was a diehard. Kiss guy, he said that every year for Halloween, like four, five, six years in a row, he dressed up as one of the members of Kiss, and he idolized them, and he got to meet Gene Simmons for the first time, and Gene was such a fucking prick to him, that to this day, he will say anything bad he can about him, because he was supposed to finally be able to interview Gene Simmons, and Gene would just put him off, and didn't want to hear him talk, because he wanted to talk to the hot girl instead, and like when they were on the show doing doing the recording for it, you know, the girl host said, you know, Gene um, Bird over here, he's sitting here, he, want, he was going to do the interview because he was a big fan of you back in the day. He, he idolized you. And he goes, oh, really? That's great. And he was, he's still looking at the girl the whole time. And Bird tries to talk in and he goes, no. Like he puts a hand in his face or a finger and basically tells him not to talk. And everybody said right there, okay, I think we're good. We're, we're done. He's like, but I got stuff to promote. No, I think we're good. Because they were all pissed off that, that Bert lost his 
his hopes. Now, he, he mentioned he also got to see Slash, and Slash was the coolest guy ever, and he will, he basically said, so like, he'll talk him up to the point of sucking his dick. He loves Slash so much. But, uh, but Gene Simmons, his idol, just yeah. a destroyer, and it didn't, it didn't put him to the point of depression to kill himself, but I mean, you know, he, he, he uh, a guy who, as a child, yeah. worshipped the guy, and he's finding out the guy is just awful to him. It kills a part of you. Exactly. It really does. It, it kills a bit. You're, you're so influenced by, like, they say never meet your heroes. Right. You know, but, you, like, you, you'll pick, you'll, somebody will become your hero, your, or your idol, at least, in, at least in some small way, your inspiration. Yeah. You know, you can be influenced, um, in whatever you try to do, you, you know, you might, even if it's an unconscious or subconscious thing, you will act in a way that you think that person might act. And then, when they treat you that way or you find out how they really are, that big part of you dies. Yeah. Because you because you modeled so much of what you do after that person and they they fucking kill it like that. Yeah. You know? I mean it's just it's pretty tough. And a quick thing before I make an intro, uh, you know, looking at the chat room, some of you guys point at, you know, like Skull Freak, my motivation is to stay alive. If I die now, I'll never have that chance to achieve my dreams. I refuse to die broken, sad and young. Uh, keep going, Skull Freak. Skull fuck the hell out of all the all that evil. Uh, U.S. agent, correct. Dealing with depression means you still believe that you can fix it. Tolerating that means you understand depression will always be part of you. And, you know, I act like an idiot for fun, says Skull Freak, but I use it to keep me going. Being goofy is uplifting for me. I'm the same exact way. Uh, Bobby Blades, though, he makes a good one, um, which it's kind of tough and it goes against the PC, but it's kind of a point. I look at tolerance as akin to acceptance. Sure, you hate the depression, but you can live with it and using coping techniques can make the good days outnumber the bad um and the thing is i completely agree with that but we got to be careful because we need to have enough tolerance to accept the existence that one can be depressed severely but we can't be so tolerant to support them in the depression we need to try to help ourselves or help each other maybe to a point you don't want to push them to the point of no return that they that they just cut off everybody you know but we need to make sure we don't tolerate it so much that it's like it's okay to be depressed and this and that you need to be like it's okay to be depressed, but you got to get yourself up. You got to get back on the horse. You got to get back out of the house, and etc. But hey, with, I'm well, sorry. No, go on. No, uh, okay. I, I I didn't mean to cut you off or derail you. I just wanted to make one thing clear before uh before I forgot to mention it. You know because you know a lot of people like you're reading. A lot of people are contributing in the in the chat, and you know you have your perspectives, and I have mine, and. I feel like it's important to make it clear to anybody else who's listening to this. I, I know it's very obvious, but Blades and I say it on our show all the time. None of us are experts in this. You right. know, we, we, we're talking about this from our own perspectives. We, we deal with these things the way we know how, the way we think is best, but like we're not trained in any of this shit. Like, you know. <laughs> well, I like to say, um, and I'll make the intro, everybody. Um, but I like to say, that, you know, I, in a way, yes, but no, from what you're saying as well. Because I like to say people can be a piece me, personal subject matter expert. Because one of the things I like to say in my job is who here knows the saying, you know, I know what you're going through. I hate that phrase. I hate saying that to any any of my clients because what if I don't know? I've never been homeless. I've, I had a point where out for over a year I had no job. But, you know, I wasn't depressed to the point of, uh, of, of like, you know, I'm homeless and stuff like that. I can't, I can't say I know, I know to a point, 
you know, whether we're talking depression, uh, depression, racism, homophobia, sexism, just depression to the point of being homeless, all these other stuff that has to do, doesn't have to do with isms and everything. We have all these different things uh, that we we may know to a point. Oh, but if you do know it as well, if you've been severely depressed, you are a piece me at that point because if you've dealt with it, you need to. You know, like U.S. agent saying, what you should say is, "I empathize with your situation." You don't want to use empathize entirely because it may sound like such a fancy word. It's like, okay, now you're trying to sound smarter than the person. You don't want to have vanity, you know. And I'm not saying you meant like that, agent. Trust me, I know you better than that. But you got to let them know that you know if you do know where they're coming from to a point. Um, so you got to be able to say those words. But been holding off for a couple of minutes, and I apologize, but now the grand intro. We got uh, the national anthem himself, and um, what the hell? Bob, you were trying to call me? Oh, no, that's Bobby Blades. My bad. Uh, but oh. while I get Bobby it, – it's two Bobbies. That was confusing. But while we got that, we do have uh, the Papa Bear on. Dave. Hello. How you doing, hey, Dave? Dave. Beautiful. How are you, man? Dave. Hey, hey, Bob. What's up, brother? Bobby Blades. You know what I'm going to say, man. <laughs> hey, Bobby Blades. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I further, I it was Dave, getting I deep, you, so I had to call All the unusual <laughs> suspects are here. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Unusual? I think we're pretty usual for this group over here. This is the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. If there was some paranoia show that involved any of us, it would be called Usual Encounters. <laughs> the usual Encounters, huh? Yeah. Write that down, though, Blaze. Unusual Suspects. Oh, yeah, I will. I, I don't have a pad with me right now, but I'll remember. Not a maxi pad, a pen, dink. All right, and... and, and... <laughs> <laughs> Let me do this. I, I see that uh, 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 Dr. Incognito himself, U.S. agent, uh, <laughs> is saying I sound like Eeyore all of a sudden. I'm going to say this once for, for, for the, the people in the back row. Everybody listen up carefully. I'm a little nasal this morning or this afternoon. You too? I, I, dude, for me, it's allergies. It's sinuses. It's heat. It's it's you know. I was outside yesterday, fucking yeah, see, breathing breathing fresh air. Fuck fresh air. Right. <laughs> I, what 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 good does fresh air actually really do? Except you know, exacerbate my already exacerbated sinus condition. When mm. you go outside, you've got to wear one of those masks that you know that you put over your face, like the doctors have and shit. I'm not going to look like a mass douchebag. <laughs> Dude, I don't care. I sneeze so much every time I step outside, so I have to put those things D on now. Dave, I just want to say quickly, like you're saying, you don't want to look like a mass douchebag. All I could picture in my head, because I think it'd be pretty cool, if there was a bank robbery in a, like a movie, you'd be that traditional guy that's always driving the van. I just hear your voice like, get in the van. I just hear your voice like, hurry up, <laughs> you bitches. Get, the van, <laughs> get to the chopper. I do love to drive. See? So uh, you're you're the getaway driver, the wheel man, as they call it. Yeah, I can just see like if the cops try to come up to him during the robbery, put your hands up. Fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then as he peels off, he just stops. He just hits the brakes, open the windows. I respect cops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, dude, as I, I as I uh, to sort of t tie it back in here, as I have a very healthy respect of of, of depression, I also have a uh, very healthy fear of guns being pointed at me. So, dude, if you're going to point a gun at me, I'll give up, no problem. Yeah, no worries. 
I have no – will do. We had an example, but I think it could help a little bit. You know, General Patton himself made said it best that his biggest fear in the world was the idea of a bullet bullet coming straight at him right at his nose. He said, "I don't know what it. I don't, I don't know why, but the thought of a bullet coming straight at my nose was the most horrifying thought that could ever come to my mind." To which General Bradley said, "Well, I can understand. Uh, I can understand George with such a handsome nose." And that scene is from the movie Patton. Everybody, General Bradley advised that he said that that incident actually happened. So pretty funny shit. So, but what you got, Dave? Um, oh, sorry, guys. Uh, nope, nope. Go ahead. No, you. Uh, you nope, nope, please nope, can, nope. No, please, can, please continue on with where you were. You know, I was listening, and then this is getting really interesting now. Um, uh, if you guys had anything else to say, you know, please do, because <clears throat> I just want to tie something in, kind of on the end of everything. Okay. That for me, for me, has always been very important when when talking to anybody uh, that's dealing with with any kind of uh, uh, mental issues, whether it's uh, depression or bipolar or uh, OCD, anything along those lines, and and to 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 a point where it's you know absolutely become debilitating to them, and 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 you know it just it, it continually fucks their life up. Um, uh, the one thing that I've discovered, you know, over the years of me uh, uh, fiddle fucking around with solutions to this, that, and the other thing, uh, is that there is a solution. There's always a way. But, you know, uh, sometimes finding the way to get from that place where, you know, uh, my life seems utterly hopeless to something better. You know, it requires, and I, I can only talk about me here, but it, it requires somebody like me <clears throat> to sometimes have to conform to what others are telling me instead of using my own ideas and trying to fix myself. It was the one thing I discovered a long fucking time ago is I have, you know, the, the resources I have to fix myself are great, but my knowledge as to how to use those resources without somebody who you know, is actually a professional at it, uh, is uh, not not even amateur, it's childish. So what I had to discover is that I have to sometimes rely on other people to tell me what's best for me, to get me from problem to solution. If yeah, you understand what I'm feel, saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually that same way. I'm uh, usually always looking to others as the professionals instead of uh, looking within myself. And sometimes that can cause like a lot of conflict within. Yeah. Yeah. People can offer, um, people can offer their perspective from their own personal experiences, you know, and, and yeah, that helps. It helps you to see things, um, in ways that you might not have been able to see them from before, but, you know, uh, still, I, I feel like most of it, most of it should probably come from within if possible. But yeah, definitely take in. Like for me, for me, okay, if somebody, if somebody comes to me with a problem, um, and I don't offer advice, but you know, I, all I can do is offer an opinion and, and my own perspective. But if somebody comes to me with an issue, I can, I can recognize that, their issue is their personal issue 
and yeah, and I can understand that, but it's difficult for me personally to fully understand what they're going through because I mean I can only I can only see it from my personal experience and my own perspective. That's all. I, that's the best I can offer. Well, I mean. I'm one that tries to say, you know, make sure you don't and, and screw you, Bob's. Um, not you, not you, the other Bob's. Oh, oh, I thought you really, were talking I, about me. I, I wasn't making fun of you, man. I thought I thought that was what it was, but never mind. Side issue, guys. Sorry. Um, no, but I mean, um, I'm one that says, you know, if somebody's got experience or so, somebody can give inspiration or motivation or just something, um, don't underestimate your power. Don't get egotistical and thinking like I'm all that, you know, the joke, I am all that is man and thinking my word it needs to be heard by people. You know, South Park did an episode about that goofing off about Yelpers and how they think like everybody needs to hear my words and stuff, you know. I'm writing like a 50-page documentary about my time over in uh, in Shitty Walk, you know. Uh, but at the same time, if you can give advice, you know, don't us to underestimate the fact the influence you could have. I mean, people have been listening to me this whole time, and I'd be the first person to say, I'm a bitter schmuck. Why listen to me? But it's helping out, and I'm not getting full of it thinking like people are going to listen to me and take me as gold. I'm thinking maybe a couple of words that I'm saying is going to resonate, and maybe they could just compare it to somebody else who said similar or something else that just makes sense and goes, oh, you know what? The bastard's got a point. You know, that, that, and that's helpful, <laughs> and that's why it is important to talk about things like this, but it's still it's dangerous for any of us. My in my opinion, it's dangerous for any of us to think that maybe we can fix somebody's situation. And I'm not saying that that's what you think you're doing, Johnny. I'm not saying that at all. I oh no, I know that. that. But um, I was like, saying that about yourself, you know, because like you said, like you don't really give advice too much. You just give yeah. an opinion. Uh, yeah, I give my I give opinion and my own perspective, but only because it's important to talk about these things because maybe it'll help somebody see something from. A perspective that they weren't able to see it from before but we have to recognize that we we are all different we are all individuals we all take to things differently we all have different um interests we have like okay so for me i get people all the time i see clients all the time who tell me that they they're going on all these vacations they're traveling all over the world to me that sounds absolutely miserable but they always want to ask me Oh, where, where have you gone lately? Where are you going to go? I'm like, I haven't gone anywhere. Or like if I have a vacation coming up, oh, where are you going to go? I'm going to go to my recliner and I'm going to sit down. And they say, oh, you have to go somewhere. You have to go somewhere. I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. That fucking sounds miserable to me. And everybody's, and they're saying like, oh, it's the best thing in the world. You're, you, you're, you sound, you're going to, you're so unhappy because you don't go up. No, no, I, trust me. I would be miserable if I fucking leave my house and go anywhere. I don't want to do that. That's not the same for me. I, some people love going on vacations. I love staying in my house. So <laughs> my, my point to that, like my point to that is that we have different interests. We have different things that, that touch us, different things that reach us, you know? Uh -huh. So it's, so I feel like it's dangerous for us to think that we can fix somebody from what we're interested in. You know, am I making sense? Okay. Let, let me back up. Let me back up. I think I, 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 I sort of, you know, when I was talking about from problem to solution, if I, if I led anybody to believe that, that, that either myself or anybody that's talking has a solution to the problem, no, 
No, dude. I mean, we're all fellow fucking sufferers. You know, we're we're in this boat not because uh, you know we we graduated, got the 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 skin on the wall. You know, we're here because you know we're neck deep in the shit. But, dude, you know, I, I and I've talked about this before, man. I've been in those places where I've been legitimately and literally neck deep in my own shit. And and what I'm talking about is I I had to rely on people who actually had been there and done that to give me that hand up. And I had to accept that help. You know, set aside whatever preconceived fucking ideas I had about anything and anybody and, and, you know, throw all the, throw all the bullshit and the junk out the window. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm explaining this bad. Oh, you're making, you're making perfect sense. And, and just, you know, listen to somebody else. And I know that might brand me as one thing or another. And, and, you know, whatever you think it is, I'm not that thing. But, you know, those things in my life are the things that, that, you know, dragged my ass out of whatever, you know, a barrel of shit I was in. And, you know, it's always important for me to, if anybody's, you know, got that, you know, dude, I've kind of been in, in, in maybe not where you're at exactly, but I've been in a really fucked up place more than once in my life. And I know there's a way out. For me, that's always the most important thing to get to. Now, I might not know exactly the way for you to get out, but, you know, give me 15 minutes. I'll get the phone book. We'll find something. There's a, there, you know, God damn it, there's a way. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. Uh, there's a quick thing I want to say. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, listen to all that. There was something that, you know, Lifey put in the chat that I thought that was important, you know. Going along with you, what you said, Dave said there was no solution, but how do we help you deal with uh, with it every day? <clears throat> and I think that the problem is that people think that there's not a solution. It's just that it's an it's a never ending solution. Um, because when you got somebody who's dealing with depression, whether they're thinking the idea of suicide or they're just thinking all hope is lost uh, or whatever, and they stay alive but they stay miserable the rest of their life and they just gave up hope. The difference is that it's not that it's a there's no solution. It's just that the solution cannot end until you win. And that's one of the things that I've told myself in the past when I got really depressed was, and I've told other people this, is <clears throat> the only way to win is to live and then die as at an age that you can where it's not by your own hand. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who, let's say, puts a DNR in their hospital or something like that. I'm not talking that, you know. Um, some people have that grace uh, for those reasons. But it's more of the uh, – because, like, my grandmother had that. <clears throat> but it's, um, you know, if you're depressed and you want to take yourself out or you just give up on life, the thing is you got to – it's a battle every day. It's, it, it is a war that never ends. It is a – you know, the idea that there's no solution. It is a war that never ends. But what it is is every day is a is – every hour is an objective. Every day is a battle and the entire life is the war. When you get to a, your age that you can to where you live life – the fullest of your own views, and then when the time comes that you go, um, it's the idea that you beat that battle because you didn't let the depression or whatever it was that made you depressed get the best of you. You got the best of it because you went out, <clears throat> not by your own hand, saying, okay, depression, you won. It's more of, I'm going, but not because you beat me, because I lasted through it. And that's the thing that people need to keep in the back of their head because – 
as morbid as it sounds, because people say like life is hard or it's hard to keep going, and that's the thing. You got to just keep pushing it, and it is so hard, and it's hard to be able to say something like you just got to be, be, keep pushing because it sounds morbid. But the truth is that's the when you got to get down to like one sentence, that's basically what you got to say. And when you finally do go, <clears throat> and it's not because of something like that, you basically won. You know. Someone like Robin Williams, he took himself out because the, uh, he was always dealing with depression, but he had medical that was so severe that they basically thought he might die in a few years or something like that anyhow, and he didn't want to go through all the pain, and depression just made him get the best. So that's kind of a limbo thing, if one were to say he went out on his terms. But in other cases, it's just a depression overall, and you got to keep fighting every day. That's what keeps me going. I don't know if anybody's got any disputes with that, and that's okay if you do. Please uh, voice it out. Yeah, it's well. It's just like Agent is saying in the chat room. It's uh, you deal with it all for the rest of your life. You can't, you don't get rid of it. There's no cure for it. You'll always have it. It's just a matter of accepting it. Well, yeah, but it's like accepting its existence, but not accepting that it's always going to be better than you. Because as long as you outlive it. Oh, no, that's that's not even what I mean. I meant that you accept that you have it and that you'll always have it. And instead of always trying to get rid of it every day saying, this is going to make me feel better. This is going to make me, you know, this is going to make my life better. You True. say, okay, I deal with depression. Um, let me get on with my life. You know, there's people like I've got um, physical issues that I deal with and I've dealt with my entire life and I'll always have them. And I don't sit there and cry about it. You know, some days I'm in a lot of pain. And I'll say, oh, shit, I can't fucking move today. But other than that, it's, uh, you know, hey, I deal with this every day. I know I'm going to have it the rest of my life. So what can I do to make my life better? Good point. Yeah. Bob's and uh, Papa Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can go along with uh, what Blades is saying because, I mean, you know that I have my own personal uh, physical things that a lot of you assholes make fun of. <laughs> hey, I don't. But, uh, <laughs> well, Although, to be to, fair, I mean, if it, if it, if I may just say at least one thing, I mean, at least you could pull the Samuel Jackson when he played Nick Fury. Remember, right. I got my eye on you. I know. I like doing that already. <laughs> I don't wear the patch, though, because my hair gets in the way, and you know, I'm not getting rid of the hair. But, um, I mean, I, I, I definitely get that. I, I can go along with that. Like, I'm, I wish that my situation was different. Different, you know, I, I, I wish that I still had my eye. I really do. It would make life so much easier, but yeah. I don't let that get me down. You know, I have a lot of other shit in my life that gets me down, but I don't let that part bother me yeah. so much at all. Like I'm able to deal with that. Um, but, uh, as far as accepting, as far as accept and, and maybe I don't know if I'm, taking this the wrong way but I'm, maybe I'm just taking it in a different direction but as far as accepting that uh, you have to live with depression um, or just live with dealing with the fact that you have depression and that it's not going to go away there there are treatments and right. I yeah. believe that the treatments can help like if it, like saying that if it's a chemical thing you know I mean there's medication you just have to deal with the fucking side effects if you have them I hated yeah. the side effects hated the fucking side effects. But like I said, I didn't have a chemical imbalance. Right. But still, with the medication, I understand what the side effects are, and I was not willing to deal with that. Yeah. Um, 
Demetrius Shy in the chat is saying, you know, that's wrong. You could beat depression. Not everybody's depressed. I'm not depressed. And we're not trying to talk about everybody like that. There were just some people that, right. <clears throat> because of how things are for them, maybe it is a chemical imbalance or whatever it may be. Maybe they will always be depressed. I mean, there are some people that, you know, here's an example of, of you know, like a mobster. Whitey Bulger, it was known for him. You know, a lot of people said when they came forward about him, said when his mother died, he just, his mind changed, you know, and there's probably a depression there in that where his mind changed. That's when he started getting involved with the IRA and getting more morbid, which shit he did. I'm not trying to make that like a defense. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying people, sometimes they change because it is something that keeps them forever like that. He, in his case, he was so close to his mom that when she went, it was a pro- it, it changed him. There were other people that they are like that. There were some people that maybe it's a temporary uh, depression. You know, people like they get out of a relationship, they want to kill themselves, and then they go. <clears throat> Christopher Titus, example, the comedian. He talked about how when he was in Texas and he realized that his wife was cheating on him with two different guys. You know, he um, outright. You know, he outright said that he found himself a gun in Texas because he made the joke of, because I'm in Texas, there's going to be a gun. And um, he planned on putting it to his mouth and pulling the trigger. And it, he just clicked himself the idea to not do it. And he found a new love in life, and now he's married with her. I think they have a kid now, or kids. And things are doing so much better. So sometimes, definitely, depression can be worked out. Something will change. But then there's other people, whether it's a chemical imbalance or something happened, that it, it just hits them. When my grandmother passed away, I was depressed for a bit, but I tried to hold myself up because I know my grandmother, you know, she was the closest person to me. My family will tell you that they know if there was anybody I was close to. It wasn't my mom, my dad, or my sister. I mean, I'm close with them, but my grandma, I was always there for her, you know, and it was hard at first, but I kept myself going because I didn't want to bring other people down, and I knew she wouldn't want that. If I was being depressed, I could just hear her yelling, oh, shut up, you know, get up, stuff like that, but... So sometimes you just you you can pull yourself out. It is temporary, but other that things, goes back not. to what I was saying, though. That's a that's a, that's more of a situational sadness yeah. than yeah. You know, like that that's the type of thing that definitely can heal. You know, they say time heals all wounds. That's the type of thing that you know, given enough time or whatever whatever it is that you have to do, can get better. But a chemical imbalance, your shit is fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Sorry to put it that bluntly, but that's my – you, you no, all know me. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. Sometimes with a chemical imbalance, it is a problem, and sometimes medication helps out because it fixes it. Other times it's so complex, maybe it doesn't, or maybe it's a temporary fix. You know, meaning Not meaning like a temporary fix, like you know, getting high, everybody. We're talking like a temporary fix, like it fixes some, but not all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like the joke of some comedian said, like, you know, uh, antidepressants that were found to cause suicidal thoughts in people. So it's like okay, an antidepressant. So that means they killed themselves. But the 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 suicide note was inspirational. <laughs> so what about you, Dave? I know you've talked about okay, this well, last I, bit. Um, uh, let me relate a story to you. This will be about eleven, twelve years ago now. Let me no, it's more than that. Oh my God, it's like eighteen years ago now. Holy shit! Second wife. Dude, this was one of those things that 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 started with with uh, just how do you do, how what's the best way to describe this, dude? It, it was all a fucking fantasy in my head, and I refused to believe anything other than the fantasy. 
I went into it believing the fantasy, saw the reality, and uh, that was probably the last like deep, hard depression I was ever in. Because when when you know the shit ended, it ended quickly. When it was over, and I'm sitting there, and 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 uh, I'm sitting there, and a buddy of mine's just he's trying to talk to me, but I ain't listening to shit. Because, you know, I realize, holy shit, I just, what, what did I just do to myself? What did I just do to this person? Uh, and, and I understand that situational thing that Bobby's talking about. You know, those times in my, they've all been situational. My second marriage, uh, drinking too much, you know, fucking over the people that I said I loved. You know, all those things, it was like, you know, buckets of bricks just getting poured on your head when you realize what you've done. And, and motherfucker, that'll depress the shit out of people. I know plenty of people who've been in those situations who put the gun in their mouth. Yeah. I say plenty. I've known a few. A few is plenty. Yeah. In a, in a case like that, a few is plenty. So, you know, whether it's situational, whether you have a chemical imbalance, that's all the, the hell I'm, I'm saying with this. That, you know, when it got dark and desperate for me, I knew I just, you know, for me it was a, an entire mindset. Getting from, you know, holy shit, what have I done to myself? What have I done to my life? Yeah. Why didn't I see the truth? To, well, you didn't see the truth because sometimes you're just a dumb shit who doesn't listen to people. And and uh, you're just going to have to quit whipping the shit out of yourself and, 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 and get on with your life. And that's what had to happen. And it took a while, and, and uh, I had to actually go do a little therapy. But fuck, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but my whole point is, you know, I went to somebody who, who you know uh, – it's like I, I used to work with an old guy uh, at the old central hospital in Louisiana. <clears throat> uh, he was in a wheelchair. He had had a, a terrible car accident. And he was one of those uh, old drunks who was like a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. But uh, he was always fond of saying, you know, when I get in a car wreck, don't take me to a fucking uh, AA meeting or a psychiatrist or my therapist. You know, take me to a fucking hospital. Take me to where... I can get the help I need, not the help I think I need or the help you might think I need, but have, you know, smarter people than me take me to where I can get from bad to better. Yeah. <clears throat> Deep. Oh, and, 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 uh, okay, all right. No, 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 uh, a good thing. I was mean, you know, I was saying deep because of a good thing, so. Oh, no, I was just, I was looking at this, uh, this, uh, U.S. agent dipshit here <laughs> talking about the depression. You know what, they're U.S. agent. <laughs> My ass. Dave realizes we're the talking de- about dealing with depression, the depression. Not dealing with the depression. The depression. Just got that. Did you up. just get that? Yeah. Listen. No. See, this is a this is a, this is a daily ordeal from these these people. They're, they're, they're it's depressions. It's did you know Moses? Oh my the god. Mo- the Moses. The, the Moses. But Dave's that I guy. Swear. Dave's that guy. If he was originally invo- he was the guy originally involved with Facebook. Like we should call it uh, Facebook. No, 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 no. Let's call it the Facebook. 
I swear to every single one of you motherfuckers <laughs> to keep fucking with my boy Papa Dave. I will fist fight every one I of swear. You. I, listen to me. Listen. Wait, no, you know, Bobby, you, your thing is that you bicycle kick people into eternity. <laughs> I let it slip one time that the first uh, the, the first match I ever saw was God versus Lucifer, and I haven't heard the fucking end of it. <laughs> and Russell didn't get to you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I think it's Russell's list. <laughs> you just made the list. <laughs> there's the the list of Jericho, the disco list, and now there's the list of Papa Dave. <laughs> the Russell Mimi list. <laughs> For the record, everybody, if you ever make it on Papa Dave's list, just give him some dank weed, and you will be off the list. Oh yeah, you'll be on. You'll be on uh, I'll, I'll list. FedEx that shit. To you. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bobby Blazes wanting to pay forward. <laughs> Look, I'm going to stay some shit in the future, so let's just make an insurance policy while we're at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to piss you off, so I might as well just hook you up right now. That's like a teenage, like the teenagers that buy flowers for their mom. Oh my god, these are beautiful. Wait, what did you do? Nothing. But can you remember these the next time I mess up? Sure. You know, and they're happy. Next thing you know, like, Randy, it's not me, Mom. Besides, I got flower insurance. <laughs> For the record, I, I actually did that. Only helped a little. So. Ah, oh, God damn. So, there you go. 17-foot Asian versus the 17-foot Jerry. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus, who the hell said that? Oh, that's uh, throat Luke hole. Birch. Yeah, Luke throat hole. <laughs> Uh, hey, somebody, I, I thought it would be Russell to bring up Jerry, but it was actually Luke. So uh, either it could go either way. All yeah. I can picture is every time I hear the name Jerry, it's so stupid. I think of Revenge of the Nerds. A mythal, <laughs> a mythal in my mouth, Jerry. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, no, it's that, not was, that. that was weird science. Oh shit! Not, fuck. Too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrong, wrong sci-fi. Yeah, it really isn't that important. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's okay. It, it, it's, <laughs> Hey, here you go, U.S. agent, 17-foot agent versus the 17th century papa. Listen, oh, shit. you know, I'm sure it gets him from point A to point B, but, you know, I've, I've heard about this Jerry character. Not that impressive. Not really that big a deal. Who is Jerry? He, I heard he's a big dick. I don't think he's a move. I don't think he's the mover and shaker everybody makes him out to be. Who's Jerry? He's a big uh, dick. He's just a dick. According to South Park, that's Scott from Canada. So a, somebody give me a background about Jerry. No, let's not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you just listen to the some episodes of the corner, and you'll be just all listen. Ready. Just listen to. What two is he on the same shit the list? Corner. I hate to ask. Is he on the same shit list as Mark in Detroit? No, nowhere near. No. <laughs> okay. We're getting there. We're getting there. Gary's unbelievably regular. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh shit. We need to stop overselling the shit because it's not how, helping me. <laughs> how the fuck did we segue into this anyhow? I don't know. Why can't uh, I go somewhere? Why does everything denigrate down to Bobby Anthem's penis? Uh, I right. just want to know that. Oh, fuck life. That's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Jesus. I completely forgot that. <laughs> yeah, they gave it a name and a zip code. And, and a couple kidneys. Yeah, it has internal organs and its own penis, apparently. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> Speaking of changing the subject, and let's change the subject. Not that impressive. Yeah. It really isn't. It's 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 it is what it is. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you go on Twitter and you're going to see about 17 different threads about it. Uh, mostly from Russell. 
<laughs> and Russell Zavala in the chat, man, keeping it alive. Yeah. Hey, that just says something. If Jerry's getting that big and and famous and everything, use it to your advantage. <laughs> he said if Jerry's getting that big. <laughs> oh, shit. Pun intended. You fucked yourself. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know. I meant that. Pun intended. I'm saying use that to your advantage. Well, get, push it. Get it out there. Start getting campaign ads. Run for office. D's nuts versus Jerry. <laughs> I don't want to do all of that. I'll do it for you. I'll I, be your campaign manager. I still don't know manager. how I feel about the fact that my penis was given a name in the corner and everybody's running with that. Yeah, but I don't you, know how you I gave it that name. I did not. I absolutely did not. Hey, hey. You called it geriatric. No, that was not me. Believe me, I did not do that. I can't remember which one of them. It might have been Dogger Baby. Hey, hey, you guys oh, ever seen? You okay. ever seen The Shining? Of yeah, course. who hasn't uh, seen The Shining? Uh, Little kids. I, I, no, I, true, but no, I, I no, I, I could just picture this is Bobby Anthem. Every time he gets with a girl, takes off the pants. Oh my God, here's Jerry. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> and you, you got to have him busting through a wooden door. Hey, lady. <laughs> but you know what? See, and this, this is exactly this Red is exactly Rob. why I wish people Red would stop Rob. overselling it because it's going to get to the point one day where. Somebody, what, some, are you, some what are you afraid of? Danny's going to come all the way to Cleveland to get some of Jerry and <laughs> realize it's just a, it's just a baby Huey? Calm the fuck Maybe. down. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> oh, I wanted Jerry. I, I, all I, I got was a jam bear. She wanted like, Ben and Jerry. Like, stop overselling it, man. It's like when people lie about their age, you know, if, if, if uh, if a woman is 40 and she she wants to lie about her age and she says she's 30, no, you look like shit for 30. Lie and say you're 50. <laughs> if, you know? well, yeah, oh, oh, Chris Rock, if a girl tells you she's 20 and looks 16, she's 12. If she tells you she's 26 and looks 26, she's damn, damn 40. <laughs> or you could be like Keith Richards and even when you're 17, look like you're 75. <laughs> He's still getting some, I'm betting. Granted, he needs oh, to... I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that at all. It's not that impressive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was also going to say, it, it also has no less than two Mixler accounts. There, there you go. It has what? Yeah, it's on Mixler. At least two of them. <laughs> Hell, they... I have accounts. And how come it's not on Twitter yet? That's what I want to know. Because it doesn't, because it, it doesn't just give out little tweets. It, 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 Jerry requires more than just 140 characters for success. <laughs> and, and technically, and I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Somebody took it upon themselves to start a junk club account. Well, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we know who that is. I'm keeping it kayfabe, though. Oh my god, you, oh dude, oh if anybody here is a graphics designer, I just pictured the junk club logo. It's it's the Bullet Club parody, except instead of AK forty sevens, it's cross dicks, and it's got an eye patch on. <laughs> I'm not Dude, okay you with know that. that I make graphics and shit. There you go. But, but I didn't know if you're gonna. I didn't know if you're gonna do for you and the WNC. I, I know, but I didn't know if you were gonna do that against your own co-host. That's why I put out to Don't everybody do else. This to me. I, will I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sure do that to Bobby because then he'll he'll Bobby. never fucking talk to me again. I won't have a show. Right. <laughs> He, nope. He's going to replace me with Nasty Leroy. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> hey, if you want, Blades, just make it out. Send it to me, but sign on the sign on the bottom. Walk from Detroit. 
No, see, Bobby knows my work, though. That's the whole thing. So change it a little bit. I don't know. Make it look a little bit less good looking. Make it a little bit uh, shitty Windows 98 car- car- uh, quality. It's really very regular. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. It's just a regular thing. Very, very average. Bobby Anthem's over here like Christopher Titus. And just so you la- I drive a Prius. And just for you ladies to know, I have a normal size penis. You know, it's like this, this, this long time ago, long time ago, uh, I was sitting having, uh, some, uh, gruel, uh, with, uh, uh, ram seeds, you know, the pharaoh. <clears throat> Chick asked me, hey Dave, how old is your dick? Okay. I said, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm really not. Well, when was it truly born, if you think about it? When did it truly, uh, see the light of day? Oh, minute one. No, no, we're not talking about like true. We're, we're talking like D-Day style action. When did it truly see life? That's when it was born. Minute five. <laughs> that was, she what was, was it? Instead of, instead of your ass, the doctor smacked your dick? Freak. You know, that's what I love. That's, that's what I love about being born in one of those old school Catholic hospitals. They were full service hospitals. <laughs> now, when you say full service, do you mean like the nurses hook you up? Man, that's a personal question. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> you know, they, well, they did what they did for because they, they, you know, they're nurses. They're ministering to to a youngster like me. They're taking care of me. That's all I'm going to say. How did we get to this? Now, have you uh, watched the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and uh, heard about the story of the universe being sneezed into existence? The original series or the movie? The movie. I've seen both, so I don't know why I asked. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) it says uh, U.S. agent says Dave wasn't born. He was hatched, but I think he was actually sneezed into existence. It's quite possible. Is that why his voice always sounds like he's stuffy? Hey, 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 don't talk about my mother that way. (laughs) How did it get to this? I don't know his. Easy. We were talking about some morbid stuff, and we needed to get a pick-me-up. Thank you to the channel. I think when when I come on the show, man, shit just gets off the rails. That's good. Uh, I've been hanging around with Yuck Nasty too much. Hey, no, that's a good thing. I prefer the positivity like that, you know. Ask Papa Dave, when we were doing the conspiracies in kayfabe, one of the things I wanted was us to talk about, you know, get some pick-me-ups throughout the episodes. Even during the Benoit episode, I had some times where we made some jokes and let loose or whatever because three hours of something morbid like that, you know. So I love having you on the show because of that, Bobs. Excuse me. You are a pick-me-up, Bobby Blades. You know, Uh, at least when Jerry's not around, he can pick everybody up with just his own muscles. It's really very average. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> Averagely no, amazing. Come on, come on, ladies and germs. Why do we say ladies and germs? Average. Because we don't want. He doesn't want gentlemen. Jerry is very specific. I just want you to know I love you, Bobby Anthem. I love you too, and you know that. <laughs> I, I know. Just, just don't let Jerry love me because that that that's a whole other show. Yeah. Well, uh, Jerry actually already loves you anyway. Am I gonna have to break out some frickin' like um, pottery putty or something, and we start doing, you know, uh, fucking ghost scenes? Don't make me picture things. <laughs> yeah, really. That's 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 a disturbing image. Since people keep making the peg jokes, it's my bro- it's my birthday weekend. Can I be the girl in that movie? 
Oh, so you oh, want to get pegged? I don't want to, but I got to face Wanna? facts. I'm not going to, if I'm going to lose the war, I might as well just give in. Wanna? I'm not going to fight like <laughs> Finland or Poland. I'm going to just give up like fucking Slovakia. <laughs> Fuck you, Russell. Blades is picturing uh, Ben Affleck in Ma- at the end of Mall Rats. Oh, fuck that. You know. Why, he, why did you have to bring that up? You know he now lost I'm his. Like, sh- call me Joey. Call me Doc. <laughs> Who's your favorite new kid? Asking people, what's your favorite movie? It's like, oh, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Godfather 2. Uh, uh, straight from, straight out of Compton. Okay, what about you, Bobby Blades? Under his, under his breath. Gone Girl. I've never seen Gone Girl, so. Oh, come on, just admit it. You saw Ben Affleck's dick in that movie. Uh, no, actually I didn't. The only one I saw was, uh, Jiggly or whatever the fuck that movie is where, where the, the lesbian girls are in there. And... Yeah, that's when him and J-Lo actually first got together, go figure. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I didn't see Gone Girl, but I saw the other one. Russell Zavala asks an important question that's directed to me, but let's ask it to all. If you let a tranny peg you, is it considered gay or bi? Well, aren't uh, transsexuals considered females? So that's not gay and that's not bi. You're actually just, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Okay, so so wait, if you have a girlfriend and she's got a strap on and you let her peg you, would that be gay too? Uh, it means you're a fucking, I don't even know. That's a little disturbing. I've never had to think that deeply into things. I'm not going to kink shame anybody. I think that would make you a submissive straight, maybe. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't like labels. <laughs> that's, that's the best answer. <laughs> that is the best answer anybody could give right now. <laughs> this, like, he's killing it, man. U.S. agent. Papa Dave's heyday. They called it logging. <laughs> <laughs> what about us oh, loggers? Let me tell you something there, sunshine. Today they still call it logging. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. And I am your lumberjack, baby. <laughs> lumberjack, pap. Lumberjills. That's only Papa Dave on Tuesdays. I, I will be your lumberjack. Isn't that a song somewhere? Probably. If it's not, it will be soon. Yeah. Bobby Anthem, make that up, man. All right, write it down. I, I'll play my guitar and you can sing and uh you know we'll just we'll just make a inhumans rock and roll song. <laughs> yeah, we'll I'll be it. your lumberjack, baby. Oh no, that's that's a three bar blues riff right there. <laughs> I got I gotta sing that in Bobby Anthem's voice. That's though. a blues riff. Right I don't even there. know if it's blues, Dave. I could I could picture a Bobby I'll be your lumber I'll be your lumberjack, baby. I can picture a barbershop quartet for that. Mm-hmm. You can chop down my redwood any day. <laughs> yeah, a little howling wolf or, or, or uh, yeah. Mmm. 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 Might actually make this happen. Come mm. on, channel. Channel that Robert Johnson there. <laughs> no, Jerry Johnson. Jerry Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to Jerry. It works, See, it works on Jerry. two levels. That actually Robert doesn't Johnson's bad. tremendous. Yeah. Like Luke Butch in the chat. He's like, not sure if this show has ascended to this or descended to this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, if somebody's tuned in now and they're hearing us talk about all this, they're like, what the fuck, man? Suicide and depression? You guys are false advertising shit. You guys are talking about suicide and depression. I come on in and all I hear about is tranny shit. Are you saying they should kill themselves? <laughs> fuck you! You're talking about Papa Dave being so old. I, I can't even think of a joke for that. See, I told you I wasn't funny. <laughs> Well, when I make the Papa Davis old shirt and put it in, <clears throat> what's that thing called? Hang on just a second. Oh, yeah. Teespring.com forward slash WNC Super Party Boutique for all your WNC clothing and accessory needs. <clears throat> when the uh, Papa Davis old T-shirt comes out, Every swinging dick and swaying you know what that's talking shit about my age better fucking buy one. <laughs> or I will fucking find each and every one of you little pups. All you motherfuckers I, are going to pay. I think we come to lives just a little less so. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and that's B.O. T. No, no. He finally, they finally fixed it. There's a U in there. Now. Ah, that's fucked yeah, up. Because I, I was about I, to say we're trying to put you in the shirt. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but see, the, the next iteration of it's going to be B O O T I T E. No, B O O T E E K. Boutique. <laughs> you know, I'm actually well, going to make that. that I'm going to make that design, and I'm going to send it to Dave too. <laughs> so and uh, the Papa on the back, it's going to say, "When God oh, said, oh, let there be light,' oh, I flipped the switch." Hey. Do I need to put what's that thing called? That 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 uh, not an umlaut? Uh, huh? No, I no, I actually don't. That's very phonetic. Okay, excellent. When God said, let there be light, Papa Day said, turn that shit off. <laughs> All right. That's, <laughs> that's enough. Oh, Papa Day, so... Buy, in fact, maybe you ought to buy two. <laughs> when they, buy two. Papa Day, so... If you old, ever need to make up for something, just buy a couple of the shirts. Yeah. Yeah. It's bribery money. Get off the shit list. Just pay us. <laughs> what is it? Papa Dave so old. Originally, his ways of podcasting was the British are coming. I don't get that one. I was hoping he'd get that reference instead. Oh, I got it. Baby. I, yeah, I'm but a, shouldn't he be older than that, though? <laughs> yeah, um, I like the that Papa Dave was already old at creation. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I have a confession to make. And this is going to depress everybody. Confess to my son. <clears throat> Technically, I'm isn't God. He your father. <laughs> <laughs> You're your own grandpa. Is that I'm it? Odd. Back in the day, they called me Uncle Papa. <laughs> Worship me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. No, I'm not God. Let me, <laughs> let me end that charade quickly. Quickly. You're the closest we have here. <clears throat> that wasn't a crash. I am not. Dude, out of the degenerates. <laughs> out of the degenerates you, on this call. <laughs> you are the Jesus who hangs out with the poor and downtrodden junkies of the chat room known as the WNC show. I did Jesus' up on the, the super party the other night. <laughs> 
uh, I was telling uh, Mish to drink from my cup, and uh, I actually took my hair down, kind of let it fall around my, you know, like did the Jesus thing, and yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm 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 doing Jesus all the time. Oh, I've got one question for you. Are you hung like Jesus? <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hold that one in. I, I know Bobby, Bobby is going to be pissed anymore. off at me, but I just had to fucking say it. I'm sorry. No, nah, you didn't really have to say it. <laughs> I, I really wanted to. <laughs> I didn't have to, but I... Oh, my gosh. You got to admit, Dave, I mean, hey, at least your your age brings wisdom, you know? Like whenever was, whenever the churches it. talked about, you know, the stories of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, you'd stand up and go, oh, that was just Miss Wednesday. I made this decision an hour or so ago. How's my wisdom working? <laughs> Doing pretty good in my mind. Oh, man, I guess so. I don't know. Uh, oh, I love all you guys. You know, that goes right back to you. You're all savages and barbarians, and I love you so much. It's time for my glaucoma medicine, which is a lot different from Dave's glaucoma medicine. <laughs> Mine is <laughs> prevention medicine. Right. Mine was actually prescribed. It goes directly in the eye. I can hear you grinding up that bud. That's not me, sir. Yeah, that's you, dude. He's grinding that shit up. He's going to put it right in his eye, too. <laughs> I'm as straight edge as can be. No, you're not. You take CBD oil, motherfucker. That's still straight edge. It's natural. <laughs> right. Hey, here's a question. Yeah, well, we're we're not here shooting up and doing coke and all that shit. Here's a question. I mean, technically speaking, if you were to still have pot just <clears throat> in just a plant form no, any, and nothing added to it, I mean, isn't that still technically straight edge? Because that just means veganism. Probably. I don't know. I just, well, what, I, I, I just talk shit it? whenever I say I'm straight edge. I just don't do shit. That's my thing. I don't give a fuck what anybody else does. Yeah. And for me, it's not that big a deal. It's just a choice. I just don't do stuff. That's all. Yeah. Well, okay, when you say straight edge, it just means that you don't drink. Uh, for me, for me, I just say it kind of just to, like, just to amuse myself, <laughs> sort of. Oh, it's not amusing okay. to anybody else, but I just don't. I just personally don't do anything. That's all. Right on. Now, um, if I remember correctly, yeah, I'm going by the minor threat song here. It's, it goes, "Don't smoke, don't drink, don't fuck." At least I can fucking think. So that means that you also don't have sex if you are straight edge. Uh oh, Bobby. Te well. Yeah. No, 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 okay. that's okay, that's okay, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, I mean, no, no never mind, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> I'm, gonna try, I'm gonna try to bite my tongue this time. <laughs> Are you sure? Cause... Oh, shit. Wow, well, I'm <laughs> back now. <laughs> if, you, if you bite your tongue, you're gonna bleed everywhere, so just spit it out. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was going to say for him, I mean, if that shit was already curved and not straight, he was already out of the fucking bloom anyway. <laughs> Johnny got the jokes, man. 
It's really not that impressive. <laughs> you know what? I'm starting to wonder, is Papa Dave doing this to show support for Bobby Anthem, or is he just trying to downtrod him because he hates the competition? No, this is support. This is support. Right, he right. knows. He knows. He knows. things out. Well, no, it's support, it. but is it support? It. It's support, Dave, but is it support for or against Jerry? Dude, listen. I, why, why, why are you not, giving it a name? Mine, it's been a name. You guys told me the name. Deal with it. Mine doesn't have a name. You know, it has more of a personality than a name. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's not that impressive either. It really isn't. So, you know, I just... I, I did, it, it ain't no. It gets the job done. Like I said, when I need to be a lumberjack, I certainly can. But uh, you know, we're just we we, we all need. We're going to calm down. We're going to mm-hmm. calm down. We're going to take in that cleansing breath. Breathe in that beautiful prana. <clears throat> clear our minds. Clear our spirits. Get on that cosmic level. And just, you know, get chill. That's it. You know, sometimes sometimes it helps just to chill out a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. Just chill out. You know. That's what think, think pleasant thoughts or fuck. Think no thoughts at all. You know, do what you got to do. I could just picture you in a lotus pose meditating right now, Dave. Oh, dude, if I could get into a lotus pose, that would be so wonderful. <laughs> I could a few years ago. Now the old knees, man, my knees are shot. They are shot. Hey, who's got the fucking pagan references now, Dave? I, I didn't understand that. I'm sorry. Repeat that. My knees are shot? Yeah, what does that have to do with pagan? Oh, for God's sakes. Never mind. I don't know. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck you, get, you old man. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> okay. Again, so, I wasn't telling. <laughs> that went over my head for a brief um, like, yeah, I, Well, then bless your fucking heart, Bobs. <laughs> Apparently, you ain't got in that, that much in the gutter like the rest of us then. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was, I don't know. I guess I'm spacing out over here. Dude, I'm looking at my feet right now. They're propped up on my desk. <laughs> He's getting there. He's getting there. Uh, see, I can prop my feet up on my desk, you savage fuckers, you. <laughs> Who the fuck is Nick DiPolo? DiPolo. Oh, Nick, Di- Nick DiPolo. He was a comedian. Uh, um, it, is his voice that annoying that uh, I have to sound like him? Because I know I have an annoying voice. Uh, I sound like a little kid. I understand that. <laughs> Give me a second. I'll try to pull up. We got 28 minutes left on the mix slip, so we've definitely maxed out this show. That's great. <laughs> you like to max shit out, huh? Yep, much like Jerry. Max Ranger. Well, Blades, let me say this, and 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 I mean this with, with all the love in my heart. You have kind of a Midwestern Gilbert Gottfried vibe. Oh, oh God. God. Rosilla! I am never oh, going to speak on you, air everything again. About that I'm going well. no. to disguise my voice whenever. I'm going to be like Klondike Bill and just disguise that shit. <laughs> no. You're no longer or I'm going to get no sick on purpose so I can have well. a deeper voice. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Bobby Blades has officially changed his name to Bobby Affleck. Dude, yeah, I, you, it's, it is a compliment. <laughs> I don't know, Gilbert Godfrey, man. Compliment. 
Well, if you yeah. want, every time I hear him talk, it's like I just want to punch myself in the head. I know she's getting a lot of heat <laughs> right now because of what she said, but I mean, uh, if you wanted, you you got to check out um, Gilbert Godfrey on the Roseanne roast. His th- that shit was fucking awful and funny as hell at the same time. His voice made it annoying, but the shit was still funny. You got to check it out. And dude, think about this. You know, that voice has gotten that motherfucker paid for 30 years. That voice got him laid. That says something. years. That voice has gotten that motherfucker not only paid, but paid well. Paid and laid. It's all a gimmick. It's all gimmick, (laughs) a It's a a tremendous gimmick. I don't know if it's entirely a gimmick, only because... No, it's a gimmick. No, no, I think to a point, but I think his voice is kind of like that, because... Wouldn't it, I mean, Steven Tyler had to have surgery because of all the singing over the years damaged his throat. I'm betting Godfrey is probably just as bad if that was the case. And in his case, he's having to change the voice if it was a gimmick, which makes it have even you harder. Ever, have you ever heard him speak in his normal voice? I, I because have, he used to perform in his normal voice. I've heard him speak, but it sounded very normal. It just, I mean, I, I watched him on Law & Order SVU, and it still sounded like it. It's just he wasn't loud, and he wasn't trying to be as annoying. The voice, well, because, like, like if, you, if you close your eyes, you can listen to it and go, think, think. Well, because now, even even if he's acting in a normal role, he takes it down. He doesn't do it. He's not so loud with it, right. but he still uses the gimmick voice a lot, like Larry the Cable Guy. Oh yeah. If he's if he's acting in a movie where he's not doing the whole Larry the Cable Guy shtick, he'll still use the accent. It's just not as as uh, I guess pronounced. Like you can see, you can find Gilbert Gottfried back in the day was a Saturday Night Live cast member, and a lot of people don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But that was before the gimmick. You know, he wasn't as out there. He used to do stand-up in his regular voice, and it's crazy as fuck to see because you expect to hear the voice, but he just doesn't do it, or he didn't do it. Right. You know, it's like Bobcat Goldthwait, you know? You, it's kind of crazy to hear him speak in his normal voice. Dude. God damn it, Bobby, don't ruin the fantasy for me. Fuck that. I, I always thought it Bobcat. Did. Well, here, listen Dude. to this. This was him from SVU. It was today at 5.43. Six twenty and oh, I play a uh, nerdy. Well, I like yeah. I'm, I'm really playing that part. I'm playing someone nerdy. Yeah, yeah it's like, just like saying I I kind of play a Jew in this. No, it's it's like yeah. I'm a, like a computer geek, and uh, you know it's one of those like those kind of people who know everything but have absolutely no social skills. And so uh, they 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 get annoyed with anybody around them. So, it still sounds like him. It's just yeah. see that's still the gimmick. That's still fuck. the gimmick. It's just turned down a lot. Oh. Uh, that that sounds like normal voice actually. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you want as well, his uh, I pulled up Nick DiPaolo as well for a quick. Thing. How are you, folks? I'll tell you, I love Montreal. I've never seen more good-looking women in one city in my life. I swear to God. He's in Montreal. I'm not saying that to get laid. I don't care. Um, But seriously, and you're naturally pretty, even the older women. You know, it's not like L.A., everybody's doing Botox and stuff. Let me tell you something. If you're an older person, you're going to do Botox on your face. Don't forget about the skin on your neck. Have you seen these people on TV? The skin on their face is so tight, looks like they pulled a condom over a pumpkin. But their necks got more wrinkles and a sharp haze balls dipped in ice water. 
20 grand on your face. Why don't you spend another 15 bucks on a turtleneck? There you go. So those are the two voices of reference. He's got like a a Joe Numbers kind of uh, uh, fucking accent there. Is he is he like from Boston or like a New England area? Yeah, he's from Danvers, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of figured right. that. I I don't even think I have like a a Massachusetts accent. Yeah, you I, don't, man. You don't. I'm trying to remember. You're not a masshole, right? Yeah, you are. Been here for yeah, dude. Been here for forty years. You're that fucking old. Motherfucker, I'm older than that. Dude, I, I always thought the age difference between you and Bobby Anthem was like me and Papa Dave or something. I thought we're that, the exact you sound like you're the exact same age. We're two months apart. Two months apart. Wow. You old fuck. Hey. <laughs> hey, 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 don't get mad at me. Your age at least is getting you close to Social Security paycheck, so shut up. There's a benefit coming to you, Dave. These guys got to wait it out. Oh, so it's my cadence. Okay. I don't hear it. Hey, hey, I Bob. Really uh, quick question. I which mean, which I'm, one, Anthem or you? Me? You, 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 the mass hole. Okay. Not, not, not the, not the, the, the Buffalo Soldier, or the Water Buffalo, or whatever. I don't know. You're from Buffalo, right, dude? Sure. <laughs> okay. Buff- Aren't you from <laughs> like? <laughs> where, you're from you Western New York, right? <laughs> no, fuck my life. No, you're Pittsburgh, West Pennsylvania. Oh, he's not. Fuck. He's not Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you from West PA? I live. I lived in Pittsburgh. I'm not from. <laughs> okay, there. then you know what? I'm not so for... fucking out of my mind. I'll take. No, that. yeah, yeah. You remember some things. I'm, I'm just saying, being where I'm from. Never tell a person where I'm from that they're from Pittsburgh. Never say to a person from <laughs> Dude, Pittsburgh that they're where Dude, I'm from. You, where you I'm know what from. I just realized? <laughs> I know more. I, it shows how much I care about you both. You guys, like, I'm going to get to Bobby uh, Dick Licker in a second, but um, no, I, I, it shows that I really listen to you guys because I remember what yeah. city you mentioned you lived in for some years. Right. I still I can't remember my girlfriend's fucking birthday. Oh, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> don't don't let your girlfriend know that. Oh, she already knew. I was fucked. <laughs> I was couch surfing for a day or two. <laughs> Oh, I, I was within the week. I was within the week. I thought for sure. You, you know what's fucked up, and it's like a wrestling thing. I, her birthday's in May, and all I could picture was I thought May nineteenth or something. I thought that was it. But you know what? Because of her, her birthday is near that. All I could picture was Abyss's voice in, in Impact. Remember May nineteenth? I'm like, oh, oh fuck. That's not oh, yeah. Impact. That was fucking Kane when he was doing that. Uh, that was Kane with see no evil. I thought it was yeah. Abyss. Fuck. Oh, no, right. that was that's Kane. right. May 19th. Okay. Okay, so it was Kane. I, I, guess, let's see how you can I thought it was it. I thought it was Kane, but I thought maybe no, no, maybe it's Abyss. Maybe I'm wrong. You know what? I shouldn't <laughs> doubt myself. But anyway, Dick Licker. Um um are you um a quick wrestling question as well. I mean, are you, uh, you know, we talked about our show and everything. Is there any chance you can make it up in in August to Maine? Who's Dick Licker? You. I mentioned you before. <laughs> 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 I oh, said Maine. Shit. Who am I thinking gonna, of? The Masshole or try, the Cleveland boy? I'm gonna try to make it up to Maine. I mean, how? What part of Maine is it in? Uh, the most southern county. I forgot the name. Outside Sanford. I hope it's not like six fucking hours away, because like I am not sitting on a bus for six hours. Okay, let me pull up. Well, uh, Jenkins is making a drive up. I could talk to him see if he if he could carpool. Uh, yeah. Like, let me find out if I'm able to do it and okay, get up the me- money. Message for me it. through the Skype. Message me your your town, and I'll figure out what the distance is via All the right. Google's. Hold up. Let me Hold get to up. this shit here. Wait, wait a minute. And this update, it's really not right. that impressive. 
Oh, artists okay. sent it. So, like, I could uh, Google Maps that shit right now. I can uh, yeah, I'm doing it as we speak. Uh, there we go. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Springvale, Sanford, Maine. Uh, just uh, <laughs> without dealing with traffic, supposedly, right now it's saying it'll take you uh, just under three hours. Oh, that's not bad shit. Yeah. It's, it's we like, need somebody to pick up Bobby Anthem because I won't go without my co-pilot. Uh, dude, you know I don't go anywhere. If I go anywhere, <laughs> it's Bo- Bobby's right. gonna have to drive himself. He's the here, furthest here. one. I mean, if I can get somebody from Cleveland to go to a show in Maine, I feel like I've fucking accomplished something. <laughs> if I drive anywhere, I'm not making it out of my driveway. <laughs> well, you can't drive anyway, dude. Right? Yeah, Bobby. Exactly. Bobby said even before he doesn't like to vacation. He vacations on the couch and everything. So I mean, yeah. it's like, uh, how are we gonna expect him to go to New England? I would love to fucking meet this guy in person, man, and just, like, do a show, oh, yeah. like, all in the same room together. That would well, be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be cool. That's what we're hoping to do. I mean, because uh, Catpool is thinking about coming up. He lives in uh, Vermont. He's thinking about going to the show. And so it will be me, Jenkins, maybe Catpool, and if you can make it, you too. Yeah. I've been to Vermont so many fucking times, man. How, his, uh, how do you how do you feel about, you know, how things are looking? Because each state's a little different, you know. Vermont just joined you guys in Maine to allow marijuana, and I know – you know, definitely a different state compared to the rest, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. Since the last time, uh, like, I don't, let's see. I, you can't bring weed across state lines because that's a federal offense and shit. And you'll get a, you know, a serious amount of trouble. So you probably, if you go to dispensaries, you have to bring your card and be like, oh, I need this or that. All right. Wait, um, uh, wait, wait, a card, but isn't it fully legalized in Ma- Massachusetts? Not till July 1st. Oh, wow. I thought it was already legal. <clears throat> I mean, Massachusetts, no, this... <clears throat> Massachusetts was the second state in New England. First was Maine. Uh, well, it's been, like, you can have plants, in, but the stores don't open until July 1st, so you can't oh. actually buy that shit. Ain't that ironic? You're allowed to have weed, but you can't get it at the store, so the only way to get it is through a legal way still. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's basically saying, like, look, uh, you got marijuana. Yeah, it's legal here. Yes, but how you got it may or may not be legal. So uh, do you have a medicinal card? Uh, no, it was recreational. Yeah, put your hands up. F- fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> but now you can buy CBD oil on Amazon.com. So. Oh, we buy it here in Florida. It's completely legal. I-, I bought it at a store. I keep some at the office. It's perfectly legal. So... My only problem is even when it's made fully legal, I'm still not allowed to have it. Our job uh, deals with contracts with the government every so often, so, uh, you know, like grants and stuff like that. So because of that, we have to be the same as a government employee can never have it. You can't be charged with a crime, but you'll be let go. So that's the bummer I got. Really? Silence from everybody? I, sorry, I was typing something. I had an excuse. I don't know about it. Your excuse else. was typing gi- uh, giant room with mics and pillows. What the fuck is <laughs> yeah, that? Because, well, you sounds like a po- podcast is sex room or something. Just a giant room with pillows and inferred pegging, and I was like, oh, giant room with uh, mics and pillows. Mics and pillows <laughs> you know, pegging sounds like Rush Limbaugh's fucking sex wet dream. Sexually asthma podcasting. Yeah. Uh, Asper, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> well, you Asper. said Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> oh shit, Jiminy Christmas. I like that. I think I'm going to use that somewhere. You know what? I don't. Um, it's I don't quite know. old. 
Dude, I I don't know. Uh, you may be called old if you use it. Ah, uh, fuck it. I don't but, care. But but you know, it, let let me tell you from experience here over the last few weeks, being called old is quite the rush. <laughs> it's fun well, for the whole family. You're. I'm picturing that scene with Aubrey Plaza from Bad Crampa where she was waiting for him and she had a Werther's original fucking. <laughs> Dude. Oh, shit. Hey, Bob. Um, I, dude, we could actually theoretically, if you want, and I'll have to talk to Jenkins, but theoretically, the, the path that I'm seeing, the best likely path he'll take to Maine, um, goes not too far away from Springvale. Uh, his, ma- his path will take him into Hartford, Connecticut, Manchester, or east over to Sturbridge. So either he can make a detour and take I-91 north, or if you can meet him somewhere. Um... I don't know. Like I said, I'll have to look into it. I'm not going to make any plans yet. As it gets closer, then I probably will. What, do I got to go political or something like this? Okay, I'll fuck your dick. Okay, I'll fuck your dick. Uh, (laughs) Now I'm going to leave. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Dave Chappelle joke. Come on. Sign the treaty, baby. I fuck your dick. It's really not that impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Someone someone get a sound clip clip of Dave saying that. It's really not impressive. And just keep playing it every time something happens. You know what's gonna be messed up is that we're gonna end up someone's gonna voice that over on on like a gay porno or something, just like two gay guys going at it, and then you just hear Papa Dave in the background. It's really not that impressive. <laughs> you've seen one dick in the ass. You've seen them all. <laughs> oh, oh, what shit. are you talking about? That sounds. That's what. Uh, that's exactly opposite of what Ron White said. You see one girl naked. You want to see the rest of them naked. Yeah, but have you seen Holly Hendricks take a dick in the ass? Who the hell? No, I don't even know that name. It's a porn star. Well, I figured. <laughs> Let's see. If uh, are you looking up Holly Hendricks right now? Fuck you. <laughs> how do you spell the name? Like you know, Jimi Hendrix. Okay, I, I figured so. that, but how do you spell Holly? Is it with a Y and I E? Uh, <laughs> because guess what? I'm trying to look up the name. H O L L Y, dude. Okay, I thought that because guess what? I typed her name in, and Google will not let me find shit. Oh, Google won't let you find that. Just look up like Blacked or uh, That's Ask Mouth or something. Holly Hendricks. No, it's the name of the site. It's called well, Blacked. I typed in Holly Hendricks porn and it wouldn't allow it. Um, what? Blacked. What? Oh yeah, Florida's nope. one of those states where they don't allow porn, huh? No, no, it's uh, just Google's being a dick now uh, oh, okay. by taking away the dicks. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, here we go. Oh, I can find her on this on this website. There's a porn site just I learned about when por- I was. In. I found dude, it. I just found go it. to Pornhub. Oh, dude, go she's, to Pornhub. she's pretty hot, but goddamn, yeah, dude, dude, that is just too fucking much. <laughs> Jesus Christ, congrats to him, but god damn. Um, God, that is just, that is just way too much. It should, it, you know, it, it, yeah, that's just, uh, I'm, dude, what is this, fucking Jerry? That thing is fucking huge. <laughs> I don't know what you're watching, but. I'm not watching yeah. shit, I'm looking at the the screenshots from each of these links. I think he's watching the videos. I'm not, uh, Dude. I'm literally looking at the screen. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm screenshotting you the shit just so you can see. Fuck you. Oh, shit. This is, I bet Johnny can name three female porn stars in under 10 seconds. 
shit. Actually, I can't, and uh, I'm proud of that. There you go. Uh, wait a minute. What the fuck's your... Uh, fuck it. I'm going on your Twitter. I don't I don't know what your, your Facebook is. <laughs> Ten minutes I left. A, mail. I don't have a Facebook. Yeah, that, right. Good, good. So I'm not out of my fucking mind. Yeah. Nobody, huh? Okay. Oh, shit. Huh? What would you say, Dave? What's a she-male? It's chicks with it's a dicks. Lady, a lady boy. Uh, you know, a uh, Bangkok uh, treat or whatever the fuck you call that shit. I don't know, dude. I mean, like a Charleston chew? Oh, yeah, you're chewing like something. Charleston chew, totally. Okay. I like Charleston. <clears throat> there you go. Send it to you, Bob. Get it. There it's, you go. It's basically a hermaphrodite without the vagina. Wait for it. He's about to say. A hermaphrodite. Hold on. Uh, out of uh, I knew it. I knew it. He didn't know what it was. Hold on. Hold on. I, I'm looking. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Wow, dude. I, I have all these videos, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dude, that is just too much. That, I think she. I think he literally tore a hole through her. That's fucking Vlad the Impaler shit over there. She trains her asshole. Do you know how many dicks she's had up there, dude? Is she one of, is she one of these girls that's probably stuffed like a fucking basketball inside her? Uh, I don't think so, but I know that she takes, like, gigantic penises on the regular. Well, no shit. Look at the fucking video. I'm, I'm, look, there's two videos with Jerry alone. Dude, I've seen all those videos. I know. Bobby Anthem, I think I see why you want to stay away because somebody's <laughs> a, really a fan of Jerry. He's staying quiet. <laughs> He's trying to keep Jerry quiet. Every time somebody <clears throat> says his name, Jerry gets crazy. I'm actually checking on something. I had you guys mute it. Oh, I figured that because I didn't even hear him giggling over there. So yeah. Usually you hear something. He's trying Bobby. to take down the videos of Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Destroy the evidence. You hear him going like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, fuck, my co-host is a fan now. I gotta get rid of this shit. <laughs> Bobby will never do another show with me now. <laughs> no, he's he like, will, the, but the, he's gonna always have experiences he... off the air. Fuck you, thank you, bye. Oh, no, no, he's gonna he's gonna keep doing the show. He's just gonna offer you a Kleenex at the beginning of every show now. Oh, I don't masturbate during the shows, man. No, 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 he's trying to help clean up the dirtiness that you're about to do. <laughs> I need you clean at the very beginning. Just shut up and let's do the show. Oh shit! You know what's funny is I made a post about this on my Facebook for friends and family to jump on, and I don't see any hat. But thank God. <laughs> God, if I, the shit we've been talking about today, I guarantee if some of my family if they were listening in, they'd be they'd be. Uh, can, um, they'd be for sure thinking I'm a fucking member of the log cabin Republicans or something. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Fuck. <clears throat> I can't figure this out, man. I can't get past this. So uh, everybody in the chat room, I, you, you, you need to make some submissions for the Papa Davis old T-shirt. To uh, just, just send them to me at the Dave Sincere. Headline over that is uh, uh, Dave Sincere and the WNC Super Party uh, over there on the uh, the old Twitter box, and uh, send me all your ideas because yeah. I'm 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 blocked here. I'm blocked. Okay. Well, I, like I said, I was actually going to send you a graphic of it. Well, then rock that stuff on, baby. Rock the boat. Okay. Don't tip the boat over. Rock the boat. Don't tip the boat and over. Skull Freak, you boat. were wondering what the log cabin is. Rock the boat, is. baby. Rock the boat. Don't tip the boat. The log cabin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
I, I knew he would. He We're would being be serenaded <laughs> by Dave. Ever since I found, I, oh damn, I can't remember the words now. Shit. <laughs> the lips to keep me warm. Don't let me slip away, my dear. Your love can see me through. <laughs> Fuck you, missionary. What, did he message you or something? No. Every time the show starts going well, Grandpa gets all senile on the mic. Oh. Kiss my ass. Oh. <laughs> well. Uh, quick thing, we got about five minutes left of uh, airtime, so, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'll airtime him all right. But I know some of you guys <laughs> that tuned in late, you know, you're wondering what the hell this said, suicide and depression, what's going on. We talked a long time, me, Bobby Anthem, we had Bobby Blades come on and Papa Dave, and then we just went haywire because after all the morbid talking that we were doing, you know, it's good uh, to, um, you know, just go on positive and freak out and have some fun. You got to do it. You know, you got to let loose foot loose to kick off the Sunday shoes. So, I feel like it works. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, But what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take this episode. I have been severely bad when it comes to Mixcloud, and what I mean by bad is I haven't done shit. Um, everything's been on the uh, <clears throat> the show wheel here on on the Mixler. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I'll admit I just haven't been doing it. Um, but I'll try to take this episode. I'll cut out the latest stuff, maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but maybe take this episode and still put it up just because I think it could be a good thing for people to listen to. Um, I think this was a really good episode, non-wrestling everything, you know? What do you guys say? Yeah. You're here. I, like I I do agree with you, sir. Yeah. I feel like, uh, if I may say, I feel like we, we covered a lot. Uh, we shared uh, some personal perspectives of things, and it would have been nice to hear um, a, a lot of uh, <laughs> other people in the chat um also have their own views on things and it would have been nice to hear uh, from all kinds of different perspectives and experiences and things because you know we're all there's there's a lot for all of us to learn you know exactly but, but i think it went very well and yeah hey i tuned in and I, I saw the title i was like oh this could be interesting yeah um and that's something i'd like to do uh <laughs> Sorry, just having a little fun in the chat, but um, but no, I um, I've been. This is something I've thought about, and I made a post about it in the nothing form. I figured you know, non wrestling related, go there because I've thought about the ideas of wanting to do a show, a podcast that's completely non wrestling related. You know, whether it was like the news or the politics or just everyday item stuff. Like, what if we did like a show maybe if people wanted about everyday stuff that people don't know? You know, because like th there's so many things that kids don't know today, or even just people our own ages. You know, whether it's the simple things of balancing a checkbook or trying to figure out his savings or Opening, using a fucking can opener. God damn, I can't believe the videos I've seen of people that don't know how to use that. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Right, yeah. you know, uh, stuff like that. You know, understanding maybe, you know, the upcoming primaries. For the love of God, people, if you guys vote in the U.S., check out your primaries, find out if it's happened or not. Get involved, but uh, every, everyday stuff, you know. And here's the one that amazes me. You want to know what the one that amazes me? The number of people that can't cook. Yeah, like how does somebody learn how to bo burn butter? I've actually seen videos of that. Somebody just puts butter in a pot, and next thing you know, the thing's on fire. What about people who don't know how to do their own laundry? Yeah. I mean, the whole tying a tie thing, that's actually one of the top five topics people search on YouTube, how to tie a tie. And that's okay, because there's so many different ways. Um, and so I kind of don't shit on it. I, I use it myself. Um, but it's like how many people don't know how to tie a tie when they're an adult. 
people that don't know how to sign because people don't learn cursive anymore because uh, it was yeah. considered offensive because of people that have bad handwriting or people that can't learn how to do it. It makes them feel inferior, so they don't do scripture anymore, which means they can't sign their name for like a check or a contract or anything. You know? Wait a minute. This is new information. There are people who actually feel bad that for what? Because they don't know how to do cursive. So schools stop teaching how to do cursive. I think really schools oh schools stop teaching schools stop teaching how to um, how to write in cursive because well everything is electronic these days and they feel like uh, handwriting is so antiquated that it's no longer. Yeah, but you still have to sign shit. Exactly. What, what are you gonna What are you gonna do? Like, have to just put an X? Uh, just leave your mark. X. No, they just they just don't even require a signature. Like they just <laughs> they have two spaces. Like a lot of pla- a lot of places will accept you printing your name in both spaces. See me, I've never had that. You know, because I mean, I've always had. Now I've had many times clearly of e signatures in the military or in the civilian world, but there's still places where you have to sign paperwork and it has to be with a signature. So yeah. whether it's an yeah. e-signature or a hard signature, and you can't print your name, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's on its way out. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous to me. Believe me, but. <laughs> well, how about this? You ever use a? How about this? Anybody that ever uses a credit card that pays more than fifteen dollars has to sign their name. Hell, I had to sign my name today using my debit card because I spent eighteen dollars to get my lunch, and it was a debit card, not even a credit card, because you didn't put a pin in that system, so it required a signature. There's going to be a new show on the WNC. Papa Dave remembers handwriting. There you go. Well, <laughs> every week well, on hey, the WNC. We got 20 Papa seconds. Papa Dave remembers. We got 20 seconds uh, left, everybody. So uh, give us some ideas. You know, tune in tomorrow for breaking news. We got a lot of topics. New Japan, a bunch of other stuff. But check us out there. And any of these ideas for another kind of show, just put them in the chat tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Guys, say good night. All right. See ya. Lalhalo. Famous. <laughs> Did you say Valhalla? I said Valhalla. <laughs>